Remember this. Everything that you have ever experienced in your entire life has brought you to this instant. All things now are possible in the limitless void of counter-actuality. All things, too, that are knowable will be realized in this new dimension of Bikini Girls with Machine Guns.
Okay out there in Marvelland, face front, this is Stan Lee speaking. Hey, who made you a disc jockey, lady? Well, well, Jolly Jack Kirby. By the way, Jack, the readers have been complaining about Sue's hairdo again. What am I supposed to do? Be a hairdresser? Next time I'll draw her bald-headed. So it's after Friday night, we're in the hotel room, we consisting of Dan and Thomas Stephen Caters, and we, we do miss Vince, naturally, yeah. but I'm um, just going to... Okay. I mean, yes, we do, greatly. So I'm just going to pass the mic around and start with Tom so he can uh, give his thoughts at the con and, and, of course, you know, say things as only Tom can. Yeah. Uh, I saw a DC panel and Jim Starlin seemed pretty cavalier about killing the new gods. And uh, people booed when they announced the death of the new gods. Uh, and some people cheered, which seemed odd. Like, some people had some sort of animosity against, like, Slig or, you know, all the, the Deep Six characters. The, yeah, <laughs> Black Racer. So, um, but also, uh, he also has, like, the huskiest voice, like Jim Starlin, looks like he could beat your ass. And that's all I have for you. And I saw a bunch of uh, issues of Olmac in a 50 cent bin that we were looking at. And I thought of you, and I cried. And uh, I got tears on the books. I got tears on the books, so they went down to 25 cents because it became waterlogged. And I'm going to hand it over to Dan. Hey, Vince. Oh, see, the noise you hear is the... Uh, Drunk in around comics, guys, rolling in. Oh, okay. Yeah, we um, we missed you, man. It's uh, you, you missed David Price coming three feet to, to greatness and getting stonewalled each time. Matt Wagner, give him the Heisman. <laughs> Giving him the Heisman and just walking on by. <laughs> Kept on going. Yeah, we saw a bunch of artwork that reminded me of you for some reason. Scantily clad, weeman. There's lots of women here. Um, but, man, it's uh, it's been a good show. It uh, would have been better with you here. Um, but, you know, Dave and David are spooning, so they're at least keeping themselves, you know, at least a little entertained. Oh, and, and, and in comes uh, Brian Salazar. He has something to say to you, too. Who am I talking to? Vince. Oh, it's for Vince, buddy. Vince, baby. I miss you, man. I really am sad that you didn't make it, but I understand life comes first. Uh, I hope uh, things are going well for you, and we definitely miss you, but, uh, you know, there's always uh, New York next year, and maybe Chicago again next year. Um, otherwise, man, I, uh, I hope all is well for you, and uh, I hope to see you soon, buddy. I will, uh, I'll talk to you later. Knock, knock. Who's there? Uh, Tiny. Tiny who? Tiny fucked a stump. (laughs) 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 (laughs)
<laughs> right on, Tiny. Here's some more grease, Tiny. Remember that chipmunk Billy Specker? Knock, knock. Who's there? Mother Firefly. Mother Firefly who? Tiny fuck the stump. <laughs> <laughs> Boy. Oh, fish boy. Fish, fish boy. boy. Okay. Knock, knock. Who's there? Fish boy. Fish boy who? Tiny Buck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Get on, Get Tiny. It, tiny. Ah. Get on it, Tiny. Watch <laughs> <laughs> out. Knock, no, knock. Who's there? <laughs> fish boy. Knock, knock. Who's there? Fish boy. Fish boy who? <laughs> Bark ain't too good either. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh. uh, knock knock. Who's there? Uh, stump. Stump who? Fuck me, tiny. Fuck me. <laughs> tiny, don't you fuck them stumps. <laughs> That's a command performance. Yeah, boy. Oh boy. yeah. <laughs> Must have been good the first ten and times. And not always. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tocar, Quién es? Uh, Juan Valdez. Juan Valdez, quién? Tony Fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Tony. 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 Yeah. Tocar, tocar. Quién es? Juan Valdez. Juan Valdez, quién? Tony, fuck the stump. Tony. Tony. <laughs> Tony. <laughs> Spanish for tiny? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Here we go. Ah, uh, tocar, tocar. Quién es? Juan Valdez. Juan Valdez, quién? Tiny, fuck the stump. <laughs> <laughs> arriba, arriba. <laughs> Tiny, tiny, we love you, tiny, tiny, Tony, whatever.
Ladies and gentlemen, the Deliberate Noise Network is proud to present a brand new comic book podcast featuring That's right, I said I realize that you're probably used to hearing as part of the podcast, but we hope that you'll like hearing the same high-quality podcasting at the new home. Check out www.comicbooknoise.com slash for more details or send email to at comicbooknoise.com to say hello. Thanks, and keep watching the feed for the first episode of the new Noise. Welcome to another episode of the Bullpen Bulletin's podcast, a celebration of all things Marvel. I'm a gas-ridden Vince B. I'm trying to get drunk, David <laughs> Price. I've been there for hours, Chris Neesman. Hey, look at that. We got a star in the uh, in the hospital tonight. Chris Neesman. What's up, brothers? How are you doing? Hey, um, I'm good. It's uh, um, Sunday before Labor Day, and... Uh, have my parents over to the house tonight, um, just nice. kicking back with the puppies and my wife and um, little fine Kentucky bourbon and um, talking uh, comic books with my, uh, with my my two favorite buddies. There you go. I don't know what the hell my wife put in the food tonight, but I am like freaking bloated. I got gas coming out of me. Uh, you guys don't want to hear this, but it's Thank the truth. Thank God we're not sharing a studio. <laughs> Gonja. This is remote. I'm like freaking bouncing boy. I have... Wow. But anyway, <laughs> there's a reason Chris Neesman is with us tonight. He was one of the three people responsible for the Bullpen Bulletins the, podcast. The past I'm, year of fun. Yes. I'm, I'm sorry. You, you should be. <laughs> yeah. See, we had, if, if you listen to the entire intro, which I know not many of you do, but you heard Sal... Brian Salazar was in there, and Tom Caters is in there. In a little while, you're going to hear an episode we recorded with Tom Caters and Mike Sim, the KY Comic Guy. On, is he so slick? Because he's very slick. Say he's all lubed up for us. On Wizard World Chicago and the aftermath, and David was talking about what happened and how they enjoyed the show, and Tom was going off on his little tangents, which was really cool. But As Thomas wanted to do. That was recorded about, a, what, about a week and a half ago? At least... Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. And in the in in the time that we released the last episode and this moment right now, 
I just had a revelation. I had a revelation. I decided, you know what? I sent David a message one morning. I said, dude, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> I think I'm done. I think I'm Stick f- a fork in me. I think I'm finished. And for a lot of reasons. But the, the, the main reason is I think that in making this a Marvel-only podcast that it's just a tad bit too specific too, yeah too specific for me because you know i like to do a lot of different things i like to read a lot of different comic books as does david but david is focused and i am not focused uh <laughs> you know i like to mix it up and throw a lot of things in the pot as anyone who's listened to this show for the past 31 episodes 32 episodes knows i, I like to get a little crazy and i i felt like i didn't really have all that much reason to do all that with with it being a, a Marvel with it being a there it is again with it <laughs> prick with, with it being a Marvel centric podcast and when you think about it I'm gonna, I'm gonna slap him by by throwing in other stuff what the hell are you doing are you done he ain't even there, dude. What a pain in the ass. All right. By throwing Hello, in... Me? Yeah. What? what? All right. Settle down for a minute. He's all but, getting a swerve on. But by putting in all the other stuff and talking about the image books and talking about the DC books, what I really was doing was the old bait and switch on anybody who subscribed to this podcast solely for the reason of listening to scintillating discussion about Marvel books. And then, you know, they're, they're grooving with the Marvel vibe on the first what? 10 episodes, 11 episodes. We were exclusively Marvel. And then I decided, well, let's talk about Image once in a while. Let's talk about DC. That's bait and switch. So I'm not doing anybody any favors by doing that. I'm doing a disservice to the listenership. So, yeah, that's the main reason. And just Chris will tell you, David will tell you, it's a lot of work to do this. And reading comics after a while became a little bit of a chore. I'd have to sit down and read. Yeah, you're looking at it from a reviewer's point of view. Oh no, you have to sit down and read comics. Oh, no, 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 no. Fucking boo, poor, poor Vince. Yes. Oh, I, you see, wow, I, ha- wow. I have to sit down and read comics and pretend to enjoy when when Marvel's biggest miniseries jumps the shark with Doctor Strange smash. You know, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> I, I I thought that was lame. I thought it was overblown just it, it did nothing for me and then i'd have to come in after after blowing the the planet hulk trumpet for how many episodes to come in and have to talk about this when obviously world war hulk started off really sharp but i don't know what's happening to it now blah 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 wah, wah, wah. no you, do you know what i mean you come on you you've, you've said no, the same thing no. this this is the thing Vince, is that i can't remember a time where comics have been creatively as healthy as they are right now. And from Marvel to DC to Image to whatever independence, there is there are so many good comics out there. You're right. right now. Yes. And you can't say that they're all coming out of the Marvel. Uh, no, but no. and that's my point. There there is a shitload of great comics out there, but you sure. know, Marvel's doing a lot of good books, but Oh yeah, Image is oh, yeah. doing a shitload of books that are really, really good. DC has a lot, like Green, mm-hmm. the Greenland, the Sinestro War. 
I mean, yeah. that, that is awesome. I would yeah. like to talk about that for, for a whole episode. But like I said, you can't do it because your listenership, they, they came in expecting to see, to, to see, yeah. Mm-hmm. They came, hey, re- read Hackslash. Yeah, Hackslash is I'm, good. Yeah, I mean, that's DDP is putting out some good stuff right now. They're, comics in general, whether it be Top Shelf, Fanographics, Marvel, DC, Image, there are so many great comics out there right now that, um, I don't know, you, you can't focus on one company it's or tough. another right now. Yeah, yeah and, and I, that's, I, that's I awesome. Think, that's a good thing. I think that's where we may have stumbled a little bit. So you had the foresight to do around comics and encompass all of the companies where, you know, maybe we just kind of kneecapped ourselves a little bit by focusing exclusively on Marvel. From my point of view, David is a hell of a guy. He didn't care. You know, David will talk about Marvel for 100 episodes. See, he's don't hate David because of this, because David's a good man in this well, scenario. Well, I mean, the, there, are, there are a lot of reasons to hate David. Right, Besides this is not that. one of them. Lay, lay it all on Vince, because that's whose fault this is. And another thing, the audio hijinks that I like to uh, include in a lot of episodes fell on mostly deaf ears. There was a, a core group, mostly people on the forum, who thought it was great. Dave Wachter, I said a million times, he loves the intros. All the guys on the forum. Dave, Chad, Dallas. Yeah, they, they just... Well, they, you know, th- there, there were those times. So, okay, I, I downloaded Bullpen Bolton, so I need, to go, I need to go talk to my guy down the street and see if I can score a hit or two. <laughs> and, 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 it's and like getting the mood. Like, yeah, so all right, I'm in the right frame of mind now, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna hit play, and Vince B is gonna is gonna will me into this state of uh, bliss. And, right, uh, and and yeah. again, it's another instance of the bait and switch, where <laughs> you start off talking about comics, and then you have to listen to Lenny Bruce for 10 minutes and a lot of people didn't dig that they wanted to listen to comics and I love comics but that's not all I want to do is comics so I sent David a message I'm done and uh, amazingly enough David's like okay well my thing was if either one of us if we weren't happy doing this then first of all we're not getting paid ain't no money coming in this isn't a business. This is just two guys shooting the shit, having mm-hmm. fun. For the love of comics. comics. Yeah. And that hasn't gone away. It's mm-hmm. just you can't, you find it hard. You know, if something's not exciting you, you're not, you're not going to pretend all is right in, in, in this little part of, of, of your world just to put out something for an hour and a half for people to listen to. So if, if, if one of us wasn't happy, then it just wasn't it wasn't going to go on you right. know, it, it could have been me it could have been me that was like you know what really I, says, I just I'm, I really can't I have to focus attention elsewhere whatever and then the shoes would have been on the other foot but sure. still the same thing would have could have happened right. so and you know I don't bullshit that's the one thing that I pride myself on whatever comes out of my mouth is the truth and I wasn't about to sit there and pretend to dig something when I haven't been and i think the writing was on the wall when i decided to go to trades like if the books were so great why wouldn't i want to read them every month so yeah it's it was a tough call for me because i do love doing it i love david i like sitting here with my buddy talking about comics but 
Which isn't going to stop. It's just going to stop as far as this show. I mean, if right. it's if, if it's one night and we're both on, then fine. We'll we'll, we'll shoot the shit and so be it. But as far as bullpen bulletins, episode thirty three, um, sayonara suckers is is the last <laughs> one from Vince and David. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. See, uh, you had a good thing and you fucked it up. You didn't know it. And now it's going away. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that's not the. You know, it's hey, all because it's too many damn numbers. Like you heard in the intro from the the always excellent uh, Japanese horror rock group Balzac. Nothing lasts forever. And this was never intended to to go on two hundred and some episodes like those other podcasts. I don't know how they do it to sit there and talk about comics and put out two three episodes a week. I I, I would never ever be able <laughs> to do that. <clears throat> editing well i know editing yeah but i mean just the enthusiasm getting yourself all pumped up to go in there and it but it helps though when you could talk about anything see that always goes back to that and it helps when you're in the comic shop talking about it for a few hours and you're getting drunk i mean you know if if you and i if 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 we live near each other and like you know one sunday or a few sundays out of the month we got together whatever it might be different i'm sure it would be scheduling is a bitch because of my work schedule I'm not available every time when 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 Vince would be available in the evening and you know Vince has his family I got my shit I got to take care of here at home right. I just you know it's 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 not, I don't want to say it's a burden but I mean there are other things that take precedence you bet I think Chris and Sal should get on their knees and kiss Tom Cater's feet because he is the magic that I think keeps around comics together because if we, if David and I had a monkey like Tom in 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 the studio with us, we'd still to be doing it life. probably. Yeah, you know, because then it would take our minds off. Well, see, I'm speaking for David. It would take my mind off the books, you know, not being top of my enthusiasm list, and just watch this guy perform. That's different. You know what I mean? No, no. Well, you know, honestly, we got lucky. Um, and and it's not just Tom. It's it's Sal and me and Tom. It's and the perfect. It, you, you, the stars were aligned. Yeah. I don't. But I mean, this is more about bullpen bulletins. But you know, we got lucky because you know Sal is you know he's pretty obsessive whenever it comes to things. So I mean, technically Sal covered so much of what we do, and you know I you know network and have fun and plan shows and and tom has and and tom has such an amazing fun personality whenever it comes to stuff yeah that we really we really lucked out with the um you know with the chemistry of the show and and so we, we can't sell our show short david and i have great chemistry I think so. I think I'd so like to too. Think some of the, I'd like to think a lot of the listeners would think so. Yeah, but it's like uh, I can, you have to approach this from a entertainment point of view, where we have to write the material, and if you're not enthusiastic about the material, the writing doesn't come. It's just uh, you, oh. you you can't get those little nuggets, those little golden bits of insight on something when you're not enjoying it. So. Right. So, okay, enough of this, you know, fucking blah, 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 we're done, blah, blah, blah. What is this? You know, well, we, we actually, gotta, we gotta, I mean, we want to talk about some comics and shit? Or and, what? yes, we are. And I have a surprise okay. for you. 
You were okay. gonna, you were gonna love me even more than you already do. I was I was <laughs> not possible. Well, maybe. Let's just see how this goes. I was doing my previews for November. I like to do it early so I don't forget to do it. You know, like com- come the end of the month. Well, yeah, that's we, me. We all have our little ways of doing it, and I'm going through. <laughs> it's not a system, and, right? And, and I'm I'm ordering all the stuff that I usually order, and and uh, Image naturally gets the lion's share of my my dollar. And uh, Chris knows about my love for Doug Tennaple, and Doug Tennaple has a graphic novel coming out in for November called Flink, and it's about this kid, a boy who is involved in a plane crash and the Bigfoot saves him. He's saved by a Bigfoot. I mean, that alone is enough for me to order this book. So it's 112 pages, uh, $13.99. So I'm going through the order form, blah, 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 and I get to Oni. Do you know what's coming out in November from Oni Press? Stumptown? No, it's called The Definitive Edition, Queen and Country. Ooh, what? Volume one trade. Volume one. It's... The first, the first 12 issues of Queen and Country, and oh, it says Greg Rucka's Eisner Award-winning espionage series gets a facelift with a new series of massive trade paperbacks that collect the entire critically acclaimed series in just four volumes. The first installment collects Queen and Country 1 to 12, along with the short story from Oni Press's second color special. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it's 376 pages, 1995. DCBS had it for 50% off. It's nine bucks and change. So I'm thinking, do I order the Flink graphic novel, which was discounted to around eight bucks, or do I go for the Queen and Country for nine bucks? And guess what I ordered? Some bitch. Yep, I ordered the white, Queen and Country. White, the White Tiger shirt. Oh. No, I get I got the, the Queen and Country only because Chris has been harping on this for as long as I know him. Actually, well, I'm, I mean, I'm surprised I mean, Chris doesn't notice. Like, Greg didn't email him and say, hey, by the way, yeah. my, my, my definitive volume one. Well, I mean, I've got, the, I've, I've got the hardcovers. <laughs> but, so the first 12 issues plus what is in there? Something the from Oni the summer special. Only color special or something. One, one Queen and Country story from some special. Really? That, that I mentioned, yeah, and but uh, I, I, I tell you what, uh, Doug Tenapple's uh, Iron West—that's mm-hmm. the shit. Oh yeah, D- Tenapple's great. His uh, oh Black, yeah. Did you read Black Cherry? No, not yet. Oh, it's fantastic. It's about uh, mafia hitmen and aliens and religion. It's it's fantastic. But I can't spend eight bucks on a hundred and twelve-page graphic novel when there's a f- almost four hundred-page Queen and Country. That you've been harping on for years, literally. Oh, I'll, um, I'll, 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 I'll be over here trying to find out who's a scroll. You guys keep talking about uh, D- David Vince. <laughs> yeah. y- y- y'all, y- y'all haven't read the first volume of Queen of Country yet. No. See, see, now let, wait, wait, wait. See, I went and I went out and I bought a gentleman's game, and I emailed Chris, and I'm like, dude, I got the novel. I'm going to start reading it. Well, don't don't start, start there. No, no, no. And then I'm going to start looking for the trades. Chris is like, no, no, you got to you got to start. Re- you got to read like volumes one through seven of the trade, and then you can read the novel. And then you do. Yeah. And I'm like, motherfucker. I says I can't find the first <laughs> well, volume I mean, of the trade. Dude, it's like, dude, dude, it's it's like start it's starting with like the fucking Jar Jar Binks Star Wars. It's like I'll start <laughs> there, that. That wasn't and then I'll you know to one me. you know one two that three four five six. Well, I explained it to you, didn't I? Yeah, after you know, it's like start, I, got this I don't know, volume fucking one, like a year and a half. Oh, is this it, entertainment or <sighs> what? 
Um, gee, I don't know. Where where should I start with Queen and Country? I don't know. Volume fucking one. There you go. And it, talk <laughs> there was of, a post that he makes talking about how everything breaks down. Not nowhere did it say that the novel starts in the middle of the ongoing storyline. But he did take the time afterwards. To, yeah, after after eight, hey, and that's right. I'm just but saying, that, that's I have when a I'm sitting here that I can't read because <laughs> I can't find the fucking trades. Now maybe I'll I'll be able to read it. There you go, fifty percent off DCBS, a whole mother load of Queen and Country. So Chris, I'm gonna put your opinions to the test. We're gonna see if this is the cat's ass like you say it is, and I'm sure it will be. Dude, come on. When that, oh wait, are you questioning me? Come no, on. no, I, I, I know pretty much that it's going to be good. A drunk Chris. <laughs> but see, I, I'm coming from the not too big of a fan of espionage or you know James Bond and that kind of stuff. But I do like good comics. So if it's good comics, I'll admit it. It's, it's good comics. So I'm going to put it to the test, and I can't wait to dive in. Tell you the truth, I can't. So there you go. I, what the hell was that? You know, it's crazy. It's like I didn't realize that Labor Day Eve was a reason to fucking shoot off leftover Fourth of July fireworks. <laughs> the people in my neighborhood fucking retarded. Was that your neighborhood or mine? No, it's it's mine. Well, at least it was when when Vince just said, "What the hell is that?" Dude, yeah. because they what they love the fireworks in my neighborhood. <laughs> Jesus Christ! It, hey, it's a day that ends in Y. I'm shooting off fireworks. I think that they were blowing them off here too uh, earlier. I don't know what the deal is with that, but. <laughs> Any any reason to explode something, I guess, is a good I reason. Yes, yeah. So uh, that's my little talk about comics. Other than, I think everyone should order the Popgun trade from Image. Have you seen that sucker? Pop, wait, Popgun? Who's that? Popgun Volume One, four hundred pages, twenty nine ninety nine. DCBS has it at fifty percent off. Mike Allred, Eric Larson. Joseph Michael Linsner from Cry for Dawn fame. Jim Mahfoud. I mean, the name on this thing, the, the, the roster of talent is incredible. Mike Bullock, Chuck B.B., Benito Serino, okay, Dave Crosland, Toby Cypress, Brandon Graham, Shepard Hendricks, Jonathan Hickman, who we all know, mm-hmm. Ava Hopkins, Joe Keatage, Eric Larson, Jason Latour, Corey Lewis, Jim Ooh, Latour. Uh, Yes, Derek McCulloch, Chris Moreno, Moritat from Elephant Men. I don't know why he's not on the uh, the masthead with all of them, but he's a big name. Kerry Randolph, Rick Remender, Jamie Rich, Mark Sable, Tim Seeley, M. Zachary Sherman, Mark Andrew Smith, Richard Starkings, James Stokoe, Nick Stakal, Doug Wagner, and more. Good God, how could you say no to this? The cover by Mike Allred is just incredible. It's a... Uh, it's I, I I could not order this if if you put a gun to my head I would I would take the bullet because I would want to order this thing featuring the work of an all star lineup that includes and we heard Popgun acts as the ultimate graphic mixtape by combining big name creators doing work fans never expected and an array of the industry's rising stars the anthology crosses the protected borders of every genre fulfilling the desires of anyone hungry for the pungent taste of creativity I'm hungry for the pungent taste of creativity that Are sounds you? awesome dude yeah I'm telling you 400 pages for like 15 bucks I'll get it when I hear about it on future stacks you know that you know <laughs> seriously guys that's the kind of comic book that is going to fly so far under the radar which from is sad so well, it is I mean, yeah 
And you guys started Bullpen Bulletins to talk about Marvel Comics and what's going on in Marvel, but there are so many amazing comics Absolutely. that are going on out there that, seriously, people it's, are, you know, they're just not going to hear about, and that's one of them. That's what I've learned in the last two years that we've been doing the show, is that there are so many amazing books out there that you're like, oh my god, those guys are working on that? Mm-hmm. And you're like, that's going to be awesome. And it's like, yeah, you know what? It'll come out. No one will buy it, you know, or 5,000 people will buy it, and then it'll just go away. And Like 24-7. Oh, 24-7 is an amazing <laughs> anthology. What What Ivan has done with those two volumes is it should be looked at as as an amazing accomplishment in mm-hmm. comics and very few people know what that what that book even is and and that's it's amazing i thought the first one was great and the yeah. second one just knocked me on my ass the second one is incredible it's it's all the first one was and, and even more oh yeah so yeah 24 yeah. 7 but it, you're right anthologies are a hard sell it's tough to get people to to pick up a book with more than you know uh, a bunch uh, a stable group of creators when when it's like a melting pot it's it's hit or miss with a lot of people and I don't understand that anthologies in their conception are a great way for you know everyone to find out about artists and writers that they normally wouldn't read, but they get to try out in an anthology. It's like, okay, here's 20 different writers and 20 different creators, and I get to buy one book, and I can try out all these different people through this one book, right? right. Sounds like a good concept. All right, but your average comic book fan is like, you know what? That's $20 that I can, you know, and it sounds really weird, but it's like, $20 that I don't have to spend on people that I don't know anything about. You're never going to broaden your horizons. Exactly. And that is something that the majority, of, the majority of comic book fans kind of live in this bubble of comics that they're very comfortable with. There's no reason to expand what that bubble is. And that's, that's pretty sad. You're right. You know, so uh, it's very it's very sad that a person who is weaned on say DC exclusively or Marvel exclusively will never understand why Ashley Wood is regarded as one of the best comic book artists of his de- generation. Oh, Ashley Wood is freaking the he, bomb. He is. He's incredible. He's he has this graphic sensibility that not very few artists have, and he was on the cover of the second volume of Twenty Four Seven. Yeah. So, so yeah. you know, you get a little sampling of right across. And there's, you know, what's neat about those anthologies like Flight and, and 24-7, you get your by-the-numbers illustration. You get your mm-hmm. Disney-esque animation-type illustration. You get your Ashley Wood type, which is so far beyond the the average that, you know, it's almost shocking when you first see it. So you get a nice little mix of all these different styles in there, and that may be one of the reasons why the books aren't exactly flying off the shelves because it they're trying to appeal, I guess, to the biggest demographic when they're alienating a lot of people by doing that. It, it's such a weird thing because in the, in the last couple of years I've looked at how people look at comics and you have DC, you have Marvel, 
and people are going to go out and they're going to buy Spider-Man, they're going to buy the JLA, they're going to buy you know, whatever the, the top books are or whatever people, you know say, okay, this is the hot book and the medium is so much bigger than that and and I think that kind of became the limitation with your guys' show that it's like, we want to talk about all of these amazing books that are out there, but we, we kind of get pigeonholed into you know this corral of books that we want to talk about and you look at what's coming out from the creator owned books from Dark Horse and, and Image and that's where a lot of the, the really exciting stuff is happening mm-hmm. you know the stuff from you know Top Shelf or, or Fanagraphics and as much as we love superhero comics and, and I'm not saying that superhero comics can't exist out of DC and Marvel you know because they do there, there are just so many amazing storytellers that are out there trying to use comics as the medium that they're telling their stories for and that's what I hope the average comic fan is able to expand their their kind of scope and say you know what there's more out there that I should be turning my attention to it's I have no idea where I'm going here but (laughs) (laughs) but Whenever someone talks anthologies, they always bring up the Dark Horse Comics Presents as a successful attempt at an anthology. But when you look at it, the the Dark Horse Comics Presents is a little bit misleading because, yeah, there was a lot of different styles within those pages, but they had an edge by having your aliens and your predators and your your robocop you know they yeah. had they had big recognition characters in there that a lot of people dig but then you'd have your one bad rat along with it or your um a mask or, or, ma- or uh, right or stuff that just kind of slipped underneath the radar and you know damn well that the people that were buying the books for the robocop and the predators would just like you know flip right by that so it's kind of misleading yeah it went on for a hell of a lot of years but i think there was a a a big reason why is because of the characters that everyone knew regardless if you bought comics or not anyone who went to the movies in the 80s knows or in the 90s knows the Robocops and the Predators and the aliens. Sure. So it's like... Well, I mean, we, we just did a... Um, uh, n- not really a eulogy, but a remembrance of the life and, and career of, uh, of Mike Warango. And a lot of people remember him from his work on, on the Fantastic Four and, and other series at Marvel. But what we're excited about is the release of Telos... As as a colossal addition, and I can't wait to pick that up this week at, at my comic shop. And, and I don't know if we're getting into a topic discussion of like the average comic book fan and why there there's like this hesitation to embrace the creator owned works or to go into the independent world. But we don't like change. We don't. We we get into a tizzy when. Mm-hmm. Superman changes when when they bring Batman's back and now it's Azrael. When when sure. when Spider-Man's costume changes, when Iron Man becomes a dick, when Captain America dies, you know all this <laughs> shit happens. Well, you know what what you know is Ed Brubaker any less of a writer whenever he's working on Captain America or Daredevil, 
than when he works on Criminal or Sleeper. Scene of the crime. Got the uh, yeah, 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 exactly. You know, is you know, why does why does fifty two sell, you know, a hundred thousand copies, but you know, the crime bible, you know, what do you think the the sales are gonna be on that series when it comes out? Even though you know it's Rucka, it's a series basically coming out of fifty two. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it scares me what the average comic fan is out there buying and why they buy and and, and the motivations in the sales patterns. Right. And I think it's a, a big product of the lowest common denominator. Yeah. Look at television. The the stuff that hits and hits big for the most part is you know, regurgitated sitcoms or mm-hmm. it used to be, but now it's reality T V. Right. And, and that's what every everybody seems to want. But then you'll have your your left field lost that that just surprises everybody. Which Why it's back to like the days of like what the um, um, the fugitive, Twin Peaks, or the prisoner. I mean, just some just some Twin Peaks, just some quirky. You know, just it, it's different than everything else that's on before and after it and during on other stations. And then people realize like, oh, well, th- why do I like it? Is it because it's different, or is it just does it not? treat me like an imbecile right do i do, do, I, do I get rewarded for actually enjoying this and 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 trying to think along with it i mean they're yeah. just which is not to slam marvel fans or dc fans they like what no, they like no, but that's TV fans. right but that's what the thing they like what they like and they want it the way they've always got it sure and that's not as particularly good we're, i mean we're talking about art there's a different forms of art and why should you stick to just one? You wouldn't go into a gallery and just look at all the Impressionist paintings. You want to see a little bit of Expressionism, maybe some Dada, maybe some realism, you know? Uh, that's why stick to just one genre. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, pen bulletins. This is Scotty Young. Uh, I just started listening to your podcast while I work on... Uh, my issues of the day. And uh, I just want to say that I've been having a hard time sleeping lately because um, I I feel terrible that I have destroyed Bill's uh, world by drawing one of his books. So, Daryl, I heard, I heard Daryl's message and I called and said, you know what, I can't in good faith keep uh, working on a book that is, uh, is, uh, is hurting someone so, so badly. So uh, I think Daryl will do a, a dance when he uh, hears that issue 43 will be my last issue uh, of, of New X-Men. I will be moving on. Um, Daryl could give me a list of books that he, that he does read, and I will make sure to avoid those books uh, in, in the future. So uh, thank you for helping me um, find my, uh, my lot in life and, uh, and, and helping me lose a little bit of sleep for the last few months. Um, but, uh, no, for real, I enjoy your show. Uh, I've been listening to it for the last couple of days now, and uh, it's, uh, it's fun, fun to listen to while I'm working. So uh, 
and uh, Dale, just getting around with you, buddy. Uh, sorry, I did mess up your book. I had a blast on it. And uh, 43 really is my last issue, so uh, you can uh, enjoy the book again once I'm gone. All right, have fun. Now go back to your little uh, nerd cast or whatever the hell you guys call it. Bye. Well, you know, what do you guys do whenever you walk into a comic shop? What is your, you know... I think uh, I pinch my nipples. Well, <laughs> yeah, you know, you get excited. But, you know, how do you go through a comic shop? What is your what is your your method your from going from... Yeah, your routine from going from the front of the shop to the back of the shop. What do you do? Go ahead, David. You, go, you start this off. Uh, the comic shop that I would frequent the most... Um, the, basically, the layout was I'd I'd walk to the back because that's where they had the racks of all the new releases and, and going back the mm-hmm. past few months. So I'd look and see, and everything was alphabetical, regardless of publisher, regardless of um, of you know mm-hmm. mature rating or anything like that. Um, so I'd, I'd take a look and see what are the new releases along the wall. Um, I'd always chat with the owner just because if there's something there that I may have missed or I'm just not in the loop about, Irene would be able to tell me. So I'd make sure that I'm caught up to date on that. But I would look at the new releases, look what's out, and then I'd probably kind of go in a circle. Uh, I really wouldn't hit too many of the back issue bins because I I didn't want to spend my time rummaging through things for things that I didn't see. I wanted to actually take a look around at everything that was out in the open. And... You know, I, I end up circling by checking out some of the uh, some of the action figures and, and and some of the models and statues and and uh, end up at the register and, and chat some more. There you go. Yeah, yeah. See, but, mine you know, mine's totally different. Which is, what do you do? Should not be a big surprise. What what I usually do is walking into a comic book store for the first time uh, that I've never been to before. I usually check out the magazine section. Because that okay. usually tells me what kind of owner operates that store. Nice. It, it, really? It, yes. Really? It does. Yeah. yeah. I agree with that. I go it, home with that. If they have your wizards and your toy fairs and your anything from wizard publications and not much else, this is a guy who sticks to the plan. Marvel, DC, maybe a little bit of Image and Dark Horse, very few other books. Now, if they have magazines like Psychotronic Films or you know something comics journal well yeah I, I always look for the comics journal displayed on the magazine <laughs> rack if they don't have the comics journal then they're not going to take a chance you may uh, not fucking read it well, <laughs> but, you may, but look who for wants, it who, no. wants to, who wants to spend 12 bucks on a magazine how much does it charge how much does it cost for retailers 10 bucks it's square bound but anyway what, what I'm what I'm what I'm saying <laughs> And then what I do is I'll usually look to see what kind of back issue magazines they have. If they have the eeries and the creepies and mm-hmm. and and the uh, you know tales from the tomb and all those seventies monster magazines, maybe Savage Sword of Conan. I know this guy's got history. He knows where comics have been, and he knows hopefully where they're going. So I, I like to see a little bit of a mix. Every every comic shop's going to have your Marvel and your DC. I want to see if the the the, the retailer is going to take a risk on other stuff. If they have a rack with Love and Rockets on it, man, you you're made. Yeah. You know, or maybe Acme Novelty Library, which is not all that hard of a sell. But like Eight Ball or and if there's mini comics, yeah, 
the, the, that's a story for me. What's yeah. a mini comic? What's a mini comic? It's a small. I'm joking. Oh, okay. <laughs> See, what was great about what was great about Irene's shop is that she she was a huge fan of uh, of the indie stuff of cool. anything by you know by by Fantagraphics by Oni by 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 you know even some of the lesser known. Um, it's actually that's why I would pick up. Um, the only double feature books that had the Wagner covers whenever Kevin Smith wrote about the uh, about Jay and Silent Bob. So Oni Press used to publish shows, and that's where I picked up a few of them. And you know, she she was she's huge on Vertigo. She she got me into Preacher. She got me into uh, I never I never read Sandman, but I mean there are a lot of things that she recommended. One Hundred Bullets. She recommended it. I picked it up. Yeah. So well, I mean, both both of you all are old, so you remember. <laughs> You remember life, and, and that was a dig. Um, you remember comics before the direct market, mm-hmm. and yeah. you know that—that's kind of what I was getting to. Is that you know I go into my comic shop, and I'm lucky because I live in Chicago, and I have a comic shop that is going to carry stuff that probably seventy percent of the comic shops in the country aren't going to carry the stuff that. It, I have access to, and and that's the whole direct market scene. Is that whatever my shop owner orders, it's what I have the opportunity to buy. And you guys, you know, and, and me too. You know, I've always shopped in a direct market comic shop. My first comic shop was you know Campus Comics in Carbondale, Illinois, and it was a direct market shop. So. I, I know that Vince and, and, and you, David, you both remember the pre-direct market scene. Oh, yeah. um, Stationary you know, stores buying them out of boxes or off the rack. You know, the, the 7-Eleven, the Hawks, yep. the, the, the whatever you're shopping at, you know, has the direct market. I know that it's catered to us. It's catered to um, the habitual comic book fan. And, you know, now we're in a weird time because, you know, comic book movies are becoming so big, but the direct market kind of seems in this in-between place. Is it time for the direct market to... I, I don't know if it's time for the direct market to like disappear, because I love my comic shop, but comics are really in a weird position, because from a, you know, a, a multi-entertainment standpoint... Comics are in a great spot, but the distribution of comics are in, in this weird nether region. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, sure. the, the, what 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 leads to kind of the interesting thing is that, you know, you, David, and Vince, and me, we've been comic fans for like 20 plus years, all right? <laughs> and, you know, I, lo- I love comics, and... Yep. I kind of like the fact that it's a niche hobby. You know, it's my thing. It's it's your thing. I can talk to you guys. Does it bother you at all? You know, everyone talks about, you know, how can we get comics to be bigger? How can we get comics to take the next step? And there's a part of me that's like, you know what? Fuck that. I'm glad that... I love comics, and that it's a small group of people that love comics, because I never want comics to be this thing that everybody loves, because you know what? They don't fucking deserve that. 
I I've been following this shit for twenty twenty years, and this is this is something that I absolutely love. I mean, do you ever feel like that? Oh yeah, that's punk rock. That's what that is. You just said. You know, Sal Sal's gonna get really upset because you said that because I'm the least you know pot you know punk rock person. Oh bullshit! In the world, you like the Pixies. <laughs> You're totally yeah. punk rock. No, that Pixies aren't punk rock. That's that's college rock. Pixies. <laughs> Oh, that that, that 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 was that was for people that were paying tuition, <laughs> and there's a difference. <laughs> so wrong, but uh, no, I I wish that comics would get bigger only to keep the price down. And well, yeah. see, to me that and that's that and that's a great reason to keep the price down. I just I yeah, it ain't I mean, gonna happen. A few, but I, I you know not everybody may realize this, but I am a huge proponent for giving credit where it's due. And, and you know, i kind of gone on a little bit here and there, especially when previews doesn't list who the fucking anchor is on a book. So I just, <laughs> I just, want, I just want people That's called to, conceptual continuity. He had to I, mention that. I just, I just need to... Well, you know, we started off with it. We That's what sure I mean. We end with it. That's we, um, so, you know, I just... If, if comics get bigger, it just means that I hope people like like the Cullen Buns and the Brian Hurts, like the Phil Hesters with Coffin, like, like you know, with everybody who's who's, you know, who's doing this who because no one's in comics to get paid for more or less everybody's doing it because they love this hobby they love the industry you know the media that, or whatever yeah i just that, that that's what i love it. about it i know it's kind of like a club where you know the folks it's david we hang you know we hung out with with andy parks in chicago and yeah. he loves comics so much and you talk to phil and you talk to guys like jason aaron and tony moore I mean, you have no idea how much Rick Remender and Tony Moore love comic books. And the movie deals are awesome. That's great. It helps them live. It helps them go to the grocery store and, and, and buy food and, and make rent. But these guys love comics so much. And I don't know. It, it's like this thing. It's like if you're coming into comics, I am. I really hope you love the medium because there is so much there that just dive in and love it because comics are so amazing. Yep. You know, I, I, I go back, I read the, the like EC archives and the Marvel omnibuses and there's so much history to this medium that just dive in and love it because comics are so, so amazing. And, Vince, grab me from under the bus because I'm getting all, all you're getting, sappy. You're getting all misty, but that's okay. I am. I am. I'm getting so super misty. We we do <laughs> comics are great. We do love comics. Yeah. And yeah. if if I died tomorrow, and wherever I go after that, the one thing that I'm going to take with me from my whole span of existence, besides my loved ones and the memories of those people, but Comics have been a part of my life since I can remember. Uh, mm -hmm. Five years old, the first thing that was put into my hands was a copy of Fantastic Four number 48. And, oh, my God. And that's, well, that's, that's a hell of a place to start. Right. You know? uh, that, that sucker had just like a lightning bolt out of the blue. Bang. And from my, my motivations 
they come from uh, where can I find comics I don't have? Does this store have comics? When we go on trips, I, I always keep an eye out for comic stores. Just uh, And when I'm on a trip, I want to come back so I can read my comics. Or, you know, it's always been that those mm-hmm. beautiful squares with the pictures drawn in them. I just love comic books. And I, yeah. so I understand what you're saying, and David does too. The medium is something so special that it just sucks you in and it becomes everything, at least to the diehards like us. Well, you know, before I before I got on with you guys tonight, before the you know half a fifth of whiskey, um, I was uh, I was reading the uh, Doug Walk book, uh, reading comics, and he was talking about uh, Ditko, and I, I put it down, and I went back and I and I grabbed my uh, my Marvel um, Spider-Man omnibus, and I read Amazing Spider-Man number thirty-three, which is the issue where Spider-Man is is trapped under, you know, the, the huge mm-hmm. pile yep. of of uh, of metal and machinery That's and the whatnot. Pinnacle. I mean, is there, you know, sequentially a better issue of comics ever than that? Mm. I mean that 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 like four page scene where it is all body language and emotion. And Ditko's art, Lee's scripting, and it's this, you know, okay, you know, a little bit of hyperbole maybe on my part, tad. but yeah, a tad. But you, what, what Sal will listen to this, and he'll be like, dude, much hyperbole. Yeah, I think so. But seriously, go back to Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man number thirty-three. That issue has so much emotion in it. That that's the stuff that you read it and you're like, oh my god, there's nothing like this in any other entertainment medium ever. It's true. Yeah. And then and then Stan fucked Steve over and they broke they split up. But, <laughs> yeah, but come on, I'm talking like, about the single like issue. You're right, you know, but you know, and why I do think, you get, why why you gotta go there? And I I think it's a testament to Steve Ditko's ability that Amazing Spider-Man has lasted as long as it has is not because of the character, but it's because of the identity that Steve Ditko gave the character. That's that's 38 issues of, okay, you can live for the next 40 years with what I did. Exactly. And the yeah. same with the Fantastic Four. Those, hundred, those first 100 issues or whatever, yep. 103, that Jack did... He made those characters. He gave them the, sure. the staying power to be around till today. You know what's funny is that a lot of comic fans now, you know, look back and say, "Well, you know, Stan lived on you know Jack's hundred issues of Fantastic Four and Ditko's you know forty issues of Amazing Spider-Man, and you know this guy did this and that guy did that." You know, and, and I know that 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 Stan was kind of uh, the ultimate marketing guy. But you look at early Marvel, and it it really was Stan. You know, he had amazing guys working with him, with Ditko and and you know Jack Kirby and you know whoever else you want to throw into that. But you know, Stan was pretty fucking amazing. Okay, and he was he was kind of like doing. Oh, except for the, the the art, he was pretty much doing everything. I mean, as editor in chief, he was he was running around and and making sure you know he you know, whether or not you know however detailed the story 
meetings went into, you know, and then he, he gets the finished artwork and, and he starts writing it. Yeah. And then he's also running around making sure that, you know, I'm sure he was making sure everything shipped and you know, he was, he was just doing a lot. And <laughs> it was, it was, I'm sure he thanks his uncle, but a lot of it, yeah, a lot of the company initially yeah. was, was, you know, you know, you know it, what, what, what was Stan the most creative person in the world? No, but God, was he an amazing facilitator? Come on, Vince, admit I'm, it. I'm not getting come on, on the new. No. Come on, come on, Vince. You know it. You know it. History, Talk about it. History is written by the survivors. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> you know what? I, I I talked to I talked to Gene Colwin and and his uh, amazing, lovely. I love wife. how he just names drops. <laughs> um. In New York, and it was one of the most humbling, amazing experiences to talk to to Gene and uh, and and his wife, and to kind of look back at that time and and just the energy that the Marvel bullpen had at that time, and just the stories, because you know I'm a, man, I'm in my mid 30s, so I wasn't there, but to to hear to hear Gene talk about the energy that was in the Marvel bullpen at that time and just the the morality of those stories which is what attracted you know him to to doing Doctor Strange and and Blade and Daredevil was the morality of those stories and that was Stan was his boyhood love of what was good versus evil and and going out and and battling the bad guys and and just that whole thing of the Marvel universe and and it, it just it blew me away to to hear the energy that came out of that bullpen in, in the sixties and early seventies. Yep, special time. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Jack would call me up on the phone every couple of weeks and say, "Fucking Stan, putting his name on my shit again." <laughs> no, you're right. Yeah, Stan was a character. He really was. Yeah. And uh, you're gonna cut, you're you're gonna cut out like everything I just said. No, <laughs> no. This is no. This, this is the I don't have to edit episode. Because um, I got nothing to worry about. But uh, <laughs> sp- speaking of Stan, don't that- ever listen to around comics ever. <laughs> Did you guys see Lightspeed? Stan Lee's Lightspeed. Oh God, no, no, Dude, no, I haven't watched any of those sci-fi movies. My God, Mar- Marta, I'm, I'm. My parents come came over tonight, and I'm over in the kitchen, and I'm making you know food for, for them to come over tonight, and blah blah blah. And uh, and Marta says, "Have you ever heard of Stan Lee's Lightspeed?" And I'm just like, "Oh shit, huh. is it like Stan Lee's Harpies?" It's the. It was basically the flash it's it was yeah. horrible oh god it was <laughs> I, I didn't even well, dude, dude, this is the guy that gave us ravage 2099 i know Ra- you know ravage is just another word for grimjack but anyway um <laughs> <laughs> when when did when did stanway become roger corman oh god no <sighs> yeah don't 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 treat roger that way <laughs> but but anyway, so let let's take a little break from this conversation and let's listen to the episode David and I recorded with Mike Sims, KY Comic Guy, and Tom Caters 
we of talk around of around comics. There you go. We we, uh. we we talk a little bit about <laughs> the passing of Mike Waringo and and Wizard World. Oh. And so you, you'll you'll hear that, and then we'll keep, when we come back, we have a little bit of an announcement to make. So sit Stay your tuned. asses down, don't move. Yeah. We'll be we'll be I'm back. Going nowhere. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Bullpen Bulletins Podcast, a celebration of all things Marvel. I'm Vince B. And I'm David Price. Back in one piece from Wizard World Chicago. Thankfully, yes. There you go. And with us this week... Vince B's children. Is (laughs) Thomas Stephen Caters from Around Comics. Hello. Who also participated in Wizard World Chicago, and we're going to hear about it in a few minutes. Yeah, you're going to hear all about it, all the secrets. I want all the dirt, the nitty-gritty. The nitty-gritty, all the secrets. I'm I'm sure he's saving some for his own show. What's that? Oh. Fuck no, no, we're not talking about the convention. I I already talked about enough the convention while we were at the convention on our show. (laughs) That's true, yeah. You did three episodes, right? Yeah. That's a crazy amount of uh, podcasting from the convention floor. It is. You should have. You should have been there. I should have. Even a crazier amount of time sitting around, <laughs> <laughs> waiting to record. Was there m- much drinking going on? Not at the show. Well, yeah. <laughs> After. Uh, well, just to make it clear, I mean, I could have if I wanted to. Yes. Well, Tom, uh, Tom did some drinking. Uh, Chris's hat and shoulder did some drinking. Yeah. What's yeah, that, that all was, about? That was hysterical. Um, uh, he was taking some pictures, and he came back in, and Mr. Uh, David Wachter isn't uh, isn't keen on the look unless you're unless you're on the field and someone is throwing you the ball and you're wearing the catcher's mask. He doesn't think it's a good look for you to wear your cap backwards. So Chris was wearing his cap backwards, and Dave pointed that out. So as Chris was turning it around with his left hand, because his right hand had his camera, his left hand also had his beer, and it was open. Ah. So as he's going to turn his hat around, he's turning the bottle upside down, and it was uh, it was a sight. Let me tell you, when you're Chris Neesman, you can get away with wearing your your hat backwards. When you, when, when you're when you're that good, fuck everybody else. It's not that much of a drop. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, be nice. So uh, before we get into Wizard World, I think there's one thing we should do, and that is say a few words about Mr. Mike Waringo. I wholeheartedly agree with that. Yes, who passed away earlier this week. Yeah, Sunday morning, 44 years young of a heart attack, of all things. I could not believe it when I saw the news. I, I thought yeah. either somebody at Newsarama was, you know, screwing around, or I, I, it, it just boggled my mind. It didn't register when I first saw it. I, I was like, I can, no way, the guy's young. Yeah, you know, yeah, he's, he's young, he's a vegetarian, he's in great effing shape. It's and, not supposed to happen, it's supposed to happen to like me, but it's not supposed to happen to him. It will never happen to you. But far be it from me to promote Newsarama, but I think you should make a point to to um, visit their site because there is a remembrance of Mike by his friend, his good friend, Cully Hamner. And that's not the only one. There's, uh, there's a great one with, uh, with his longtime... Anchor uh, Carl Kessel, his longtime writer pal Mark Wade, 
and uh, and also one from uh, Todd Dezago, who I believe they co-created Telos. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, I read the Kali Hamner one, and it'll break your heart. It's just yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm it, not looking. No, it, it's it's a horrible, horrible thing, but in um, a lot of ways, it's it's a very beautiful thing that he did and it's hard to do that when you're when you're really close to someone to to try and sum up how you felt about this person to millions of people you don't even know and who weren't there and you have to try and get across to them what this guy was that's 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 tough i don't envy him having to do that but he 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 touched me it's a great little piece and it from the sounds of it they were like bread and butter it, it's and it's such a, yeah. It it, I believe most of us found out on Monday. Um, you posted the link. I uh, I read about. I think there's like thirty pages of um, board members mm-hmm. on the Bendis board that have uh, that have you know just talked about the man and um, I believe it was uh, Ethan Van Skyver that mentioned it on on the Bendis board and uh, and they. And the forum posters just kind of made their thoughts known about the man, and I mean, and a lot of people. I'm I'm still stunned. It's 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 over 24 hours since it's happened, and and I mean, we've known about it since early yesterday, which would be Monday because this is Tuesday night, and I still, I mean, I'm still shaking my head, and I can't. I mean, I was driving today with Renee in the car, and I was still like, you know, I was still in shock, and I found out later that in lieu of flowers, if you um, for those that want to uh, make a uh, make a donation in his name aside from the comic book legal defense fund you can also uh give to the aspca which renee and i think is a great thing it just kind of i mean it it after having a a fun and and fantastic weekend and then monday waking up to, to that it just i mean it's it's one of those things where if if you're i mean he was 44 years old so if you had say you had something you wanted signed by an artist or a writer and you know and okay he was at the convention you were just at but you're like you know what that line's too long forget about it you know i'll just i'll get him next time i'll you know there'll be another con but i mean here i mean i i have stuff that i would i would love to have met the man i i fantastic four i think his spider-man was phenomenal his is uh he just finished the fantastic four spider or was just recently concluded the fantastic four spider-man miniseries apparently he had some some more stuff lined up for uh, for Marvel, one of which was by Mark Wade, which surprises me, being the editor in chief of uh, of Boom and and working on uh, on Flash again for DC. But yeah, I just I don't know. Yeah. Well, well go ahead, Thomas. It's sort of a it's it's sort of illustrative of the unique sort of culture of comics too, and that uh, the creators are so approachable and they're so often fans like he obviously was that you know after being at a convention all weekend which is sort of a celebration of how close creators and fans are to each other you know to have someone like that pass away and even it it's sort of the the sharp edge of that relationship because uh, there's not too many different forms of media I think where I would have been affected that much by someone passing away right. you know as one of the artists that I've always really enjoyed right well that's the thing the people who draw comics and any other creative profession they can't help but invest 
a large amount of their personality into the work because the the lines on the paper come from the personality it's just an extension of who they are so it's i think it's safe to say that we all knew mike waringo to to some extent i mean anybody who's ever read a comic with his art in it pretty much knows the man and and judging from his style you can assume that he was an honest kind of innocent good-natured light-hearted guy because that's what you see on the page and a, an old-fashioned soul, kind of, because he had a, a classic style that was new and and harkened back to the, the old style of just getting it down. And the man was a, a hell of an artist, and yeah. I feel like I know him. So to, to hear that he's gone and that we'll, we'll never experience Mike Waringo on the page again, that that I don't deal with... with death very well and um i'll miss the guy i yeah, really it will. is hard to take it's very hard to take and i was at uh barnes and noble earlier and there's this uh customize your own create your own monopoly set for marvel and it looks like on the front of it there's a whole bunch of there's a few different artists that seem to have drawn all the marvel superheroes and supervillains but on the back they have a picture of the um of the board itself and the board is uh has art by salvador la roca and it's old salvador it's after his his uh his fantastic forerun with claremont and lobdell so i mean it's 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 the good salvador artwork but over to the over to the far left in the corner of the uh of the back of the box there are there's the fantastic four you have reed and ben and sue like down in, in the lower left and then up along the side you have Johnny full flame on mode flying upward and it's Ringo artwork and I just I saw that and I smiled and if I could have I would have plunked down the money for it then and there but I was just like okay see so he's still you'll still be able to I mean I believe his he has one of uh, one of the Wade and Ringo stories are in one of the uh, one of the trades for the like the best FF stories ever told and, um, and if they, they, I think the hardcover is still in print, the uh, Fantastic Four one and two with Wade. If they're oh, if they're not in print, you could probably still get them here or there. And I I mean they they were fun. Yeah. They, they, they and it's what McDuffie's run reminds me of that yeah. we're reading right now. It reminds me of that that fun stuff that we had with Wade writing it and and the you know a lot of people were like, well, I don't know if Ringo was really you know the perfect Fantastic Four artist, but you know what, the Fantastic Four is a fun family style book and I thought his art was great on it his art on Fantastic Four made as big an impact as the best artists on that title he was he had a unique take on it and it was all Waringo but his work was as strong as say Bushima in in its in its own way it was it was it was um, a very powerful fantastic and when you think about it Waringo's never going to die. The guy's immortal because barring a thermonuclear war that may destroy every bit of paper on the planet, as long as those books exist, Mike Waringo will exist. Absolutely. That's a good Actually, thing. And 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 I didn't even uh what did um how was his run on the Flash, Tom? I didn't read too many issues during his run. Uh he did about 13, I think, from like issue 80 to issue 92. It was right after Wade's uh, 
Return of Barry Allen storyline. Okay. He it fit right into sort of his style was very good at the time because uh, up to that point the uh, Wally West it hadn't been a lot of fun. It was a very sort of serious storyline for you know about a year, so his definitely more fun approach came through, and it was right around that time, right towards the end of that when Impulse started coming out, and okay. on those books like to me that's his ultimate style of what I think of what he did in that book I mean and I don't think there's too many other artists that could have pulled that off for as long as he did especially in a comics world where sort of cartoony style is looked down upon at times so blasphemous <laughs> hopefully he's got his arms wrapped around the Valkyrie now and they're making a buzz line towards Valhalla because if anybody deserves it it's Mike Ringo well said yes I'm not a religious man I'll go there. Valhalla. Here. There you go. Right on, Mike. Well, you mentioned Fantastic Four, and you mentioned McDuffie, Mr. Price. <sighs> do we have to go there? We really? do. I we mean, do, because <sighs> I, I, I hinted at it last episode, and we got to hear the dirt on it this episode. How do you feel about this, about Mark Millar, Miller? How do you think I feel? I, I think you feel robbed. You feel cheated. You feel like somebody pulled the rug out from under you. Do we really think that in three or four or five years, if Miller went to Marvel and said, hey, you know what, me and Hitchy, we want to take a stab at Fantastic Four, do you really think Marvel would say, no? So why do we need it now? McDuffie's run has been phenomenal. It's been fun since we're talking about the Wade and, and, and Waringo run. Um, I've enjoyed the hell out of it. And now that hearing that Miller and Hitch will be starting early next year, I feel that McDuffie's run is just incredibly short. You know what? It's Fantastic Four, so I'm still going to be reading it. It's Miller and Hitch, and even though Miller worked on Ultimate Fantastic Four, now he can, you know, work on the first family proper. You know, I think that's neat. I don't know if I need to see Hitch on Fantastic Four, but hey, you know, if he wants to take a stab at it, be my guest. But I just, I think that we're we're cutting Dwayne's run far too short. And this is, he may, you know, Dwayne might be sitting back laughing at everybody going, yeah, you know, you all think that I'm being robbed or, or, you know, they're cutting this too short. Maybe he was only, uh, maybe he was only signed on for this much. Maybe we, I mean, we don't know what might be happening once he wraps up his run. I mean, we still have a couple more conventions. More news can come out. We, you know, we might... Be, I'm, I'm sure we'll be seeing Dwayne... I'm, I'm hoping we'll be seeing Dwayne writing some more Marvel work. Um, I want him to work on the Fantastic Four, and I want him to work on the Justice League. I want my... I, I'm greedy. I'm selfish. Yeah, you're right. I, I do feel... I do feel robbed. I. You feel bamboozled. Hoodwinked. Hoodwinked, even. I just, I, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know. I mean, it's obviously a testament to the man's, what the man's been doing so far, and the fact that everybody that I've talked to about this and everything I've read, nobody wants to see him go. It's not so much that, oh, goody, it's Miller and Hitch. It's just like, why is McDuffie's run got to end now? I think it's unnecessary. Other than the obvious jump in sales the, the book will get, from from the team coming on, I, I don't creatively. I don't see how they're going to do any better. Well, I think 
I, I mean, speaking for myself, I'm why I was slightly disappointed. I mean, I, I do like uh, Miller's writing. Uh, I don't think he necessarily fits the Fantastic Four necessarily all that well, and I think you saw a little bit of it in Civil War. Uh, I think he's great. He's I think he's a great idea person, where he can he finds a way to come up with an interesting twist on something. But I don't necessarily know if he. I don't think one of his strengths to me is sort of playing with characterization correctly, which is why the Ultimate Universe was such a great fit for him. Why he could do something like Ultimate is he didn't have to write that story with the Captain America we know. He could write it with the one that he wants to make. Why his Ultimate Fantastic Four apart was very good because he didn't have to use the Reed Richards that we know. Or why Red Sun for DC was good because he didn't have to use the Superman that we knew. He got to tell his story. That was good, too. With the way he, you know, wants to put his twist on it. So part of me thinks, well, when Civil War was coming, I mean, when you think about last year, before uh, McDuffie took over the Fantastic Four, it wasn't like the greatest creative year for the Fantastic Four. I mean, I don't think JMS had a great handle on it, and it was coming out every other month. The Civil War was derailing it. And you're putting on a creative team that, for a lot of people, they associate Miller with, you know, Reed Richards being an asshole and the book being late. So, and then combined with their history of not necessarily rolling out Ultimates as quickly as possible. I mean, I think that factors in, too. That people people are already, I mean, I was already joking today, you know, uh, Fantastic Every Four Months should be what should change the... <laughs> <laughs> title soon. Somebody else was uh, what was it? I'll have to look it up. But someone else started it. Uh, jo- uh, I believe Josh on our forum started it. And I was like, let's all come up with new nicknames for the soon to be late Fantastic Four book. So it's it's got two strikes against it from the get go, and I I just hope that. Hitch doesn't bring the ultimate sensibility with him on the title because we don't need fold-outs and, and huge splash panels in the Fantastic Four. Just tell a story. Just hope no villain breaks out something that looks like a fucking lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't need a 20-page fold-out that takes nine years to come out. The world's latest comic magazine? Yes, the world's the, latest comic magazine. The, I... I don't know. I just after Wade, Wade was on it for quite a while. He was on it for for I want to say a bunch of years, but he was on it for at least three years. Then we had JMS who was on it for he started what around five, maybe the five twenties or early five thirties, and I don't think his run lasted a year. I don't think he had more than twelve issues. Felt like a lot more. It did feel like a lot more. Each yeah. issue felt like a lot more. And now, and now we have McDuffie, who's been on it for what are we up to the third or fourth part of the the fourth part of the frightful four part, and and you know so he's only he's on it like say he's on it till say the new book say the new art the new team starts January, so we still have all right it's August now September October November December so I mean he he'll be on it for less than a year not one yeah. So I mean, it's like we so we've had a bunch of creators on it in in a short amount of time, and I just you know what some of the best runs were the longest runs. You had Burn, 
before that you had Stan and Jack, and 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 then you had well, I don't, how long was Roy Thomas on it for? A fair amount of time, but okay, he didn't fester on the book, right? Uh, no, yeah. and but I mean, and you had you had Simonson. Mm-hmm. You had the. Well, I wanted to say. I mean, the Falco was on it probably far too longer than anybody wanted him to be. You, you're right. Uh, but I don't know. I just. I personally, I think it's too soon. Yeah, and that's that. That's a completely personal preference. So. And and I've I've grown accustomed to the the fit of Black Panther and Storm in the book. And I love the art. Yes. Um, we'll just have to see. I guess. Uh, I'm not. I'm not looking forward to it, but it is a Fantastic Four, so it does. It never jumps from my my pull list. So whatever the case, I will be buying it. Big dummy. I'll um, I'll drop it. I'll drop it twice for you. Vote with your dollar, Tom. <laughs> yeah, I will. Vince will do. Vince will play the flash card. Yeah. The fastest man alive. He'll he'll right. stick it out so that everybody else can you know not suffer just like you did for Flash. Brilliant. That's right. Hey, Vince. Hey, David. It's Dallin calling. Uh, it's been a while since I've been on the forum, but uh, I never miss an episode. And I wanted to let you know that all this talk about Image Comics uh, really got me thinking about the 90s when I really wasn't, wasn't buying anything at all. And I bought that new book from Tomorrow's Publishing called Image Comics, The Road to Independence. And it's all about uh, how Image Comics was formed and what was going on in the industry at the time. And uh, honestly, I'm only about a third of the way through it, but I highly recommend it uh, for true geeks because it talks about the climate and the industry at the time and what led up to the company. And there's interviews with just about every single person that was involved with the company back then. It's really pretty interesting. And um, it goes along with the fact that I've... Uh, heat is your call, and I've started reading Savage Dragon from the very beginning. Um, I'm also caught up on Fear Agent, which is one of my absolute favorite new comic books, uh, now that I finally gave in and gave it a chance. Um, I think the best comic on the shelves today, bar none, is probably Scalped. And if you're not picking up Scalped, you are really missing out. Um as far as Marvel books, I just want to say that Iron Fist could possibly get any better. What a great book. If you're not buying Iron Fist, you're an idiot. Uh, and I'm, a couple weeks ago, I was at the gym, and I was listening to my iPod, and I wasn't listening to Bullpen Bullpen's podcast because you guys hadn't put out a new episode since I don't know when. So I was listening to Around Comics didn't want to do it, didn't have a choice, but I was listening to Around Comics, and, uh, you know, I wasn't hating it, I wasn't hating it, and then they started talking about David at Wizard World Chicago, and I had no idea that David was going to be at Wizard World Chicago, and they started talking about how he was going to be at the Hero booth uh, between a certain time, and I looked at my watch, and with the time difference, I realized that he was at the hero booth at that exact moment. And it was really strange. It was really a nice feeling. I felt that much closer to David Price for knowing exactly where he was at that moment in time. And then I started to feel kind of dirty, you know. I 
I started to get excited like I was a stalker or something. And now it's, you know, now a day goes by where I don't wonder what David's doing or where he's at. Call me, David. I miss you. Bye. So there's, there is one thing that I do want to bring up from last episode. I butchered a, an artist's name. I pronounced it Stefan Sedgik. Nowhere near the way it's it's pronounced. It, it's Stepan Sejic. Yeah, you were way off. Yes, and he's Cro- like, he's Croatian, and I uh, talked did he about. You? No, he didn't. I I, <laughs> I talked about enjoying his art, and well, Chris Niesman will gonna love to hear this because I guess I'll be buying Witchblade until 2010 because he will he's gonna be drawing Ugh. a 34 issue run on Witchblade. Oh, so I, I I'll tough it out, the but the, the, <laughs> the guy's fantastic. So Top Cow has my money at least for one monthly book until 2010. Welcome to part two of the Image Cast. Yeah, two years away from the end of everything. So I'll have time to prepare. So let's get into Wizard World Chicago 2007. We yeah. missed events. Yeah, well I missed you uh. guys too. I re- I really did. It, it was I uh, what I did this weekend. I watched Saw one, two, and three. Oh Lord! Yeah, I knew it. I knew I should have grabbed you that fucking poster. Lionsgate. Lionsgate was at the booth to the left of Hero Initiative, and they had posters, movie posters that they were giving away, and they had one for Saw four. Well, I don't think after seeing Saw three, I don't think I would want a poster of Saw four. The first one is borderline brilliant. I enjoyed it a lot. It's one of those never judge a book by its cover type deals. When you look at the DVD case, you think, oh, my God, this is going to be an hour and a half of brutality and torture and and just god-awfulness. It's not. Danny Glover's in it. It's actually a well-made movie. It, it's, it's entertaining. There's a nice little twist in it. It's clever. The second one, eh, it, it's all right, but it's really not gratuitous. Uh, Donnie Wahlberg's in it does a great job there, there's a little subplot with he, him and his child the, that's pretty cool and it, again it's clever the third one is the most mean spirited disgusting abomination of a movie I have ever seen No kidding. do not watch the third one the third one is a mess it is just a downer from start to finish it's like Alien 3 Everything oh, that th- everything that they built up in the first two movies is ripped to shreds in the third movie. All the characters you've grown to love, forget about them because it does not end well. I mean, it is just a nasty, foul. Like I said, a mean spirit. You'll lose karma watching this movie. Oh, oh my god! It's bad. It is a horrible, horrible <laughs> movie. Karma on the forum? No, karma in life. Just life? Yeah, you. It's a downer. <laughs> Do not watch Saw three. First one's good. If you want to watch the first one, by all means, it's a very well-made movie. The third one is evil. So that's just that's what I did this weekend. I watched Saw trilogy. I read a couple books. I recorded a shitty podcast, and I missed my buddies having a good time in Chicago. If I had, I I wish I had a nickel every time someone said, "Where's Vince? So why isn't Vince here this weekend? So what happened to Vince?" I be able to pay off my goddamn mortgage. He's I get, just, I, I, man, I should have told like, him I was getting breast implants. I, <laughs> never mind the fact that, but I'm here. No, it was all like, where's Vince? Well, oh, come on. 
<laughs> I no, I seriously, I mean, you know, Dave constantly said, "I miss Vince." Yeah, he oh, just he wanted he, 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 I think he needed you more than anything else. Dan, the paper cut naturally missed you. Pat would have loved to see you. I mean, it was just Sal didn't care that I wasn't there. Uh, I don't think Sal cared that I was there. <laughs> and while we're on the subject of Dave Wachter, just for a second, hop on over to our forum bullpenbulletinspodcast.com and check out Dave Wachter's yes, Dave Wachter's <laughs> convention report. He has photographs of the sketches that he sold and created at Wizard World and all of them are great, but there's one that is a quantum leap for Mr. Wachter. It is amazing. It is, it's just a beautiful piece of work. It's perfect in every way. I don't want to give Dave a, ba- a big head. This thing, it's called the Chicago More Human Than Human Con Report from Citizen Dave. Jump in that thread. It is gorgeous. Good job, Dave. Absolutely. He was on. He, he was on fire the whole weekend. He was. He was like literally on all cylinders. Yeah, that's right. Literally on fire. Um, the uh, it, I don't think every time we walked by Artist Allen, he was drawn. So I didn't see anything. I love that Thor. That Thor's got a little bit of everything. It's got that new uh, copial helmet. Um, the uh, the the shorter, um, stockier stick on uh, on the hammer. No, no, no armor on the arms, but uh, the tunic looks good. It, 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 the Thor is great. I mean, everything that I was looking at that he was that he was just sketching away with. It was, uh, it was all great stuff. Pat had some uh, had some great sketches, which I hope to see online soon. He had um, he. There was one involving Grimace, and I think gnomes and Grimace covered in glue, and and I think some, uh, and I think maybe Jesus. All right. Yeah, it was. It was. He had some wacky requests, and um, you could tell he was having a blast. He was enjoying himself. Um, got to hang out a bit with uh, with Mister Andy Jewett, and I. Uh, I think I guilted him into uh, at least signing up so he can just lurk and ignore our form like he does for uh, for Round Comics and uh, and some of the others that he posts on. Um, a- Andy Jewett must think I'm the biggest pinhead in the world because unknown to the listeners i contacted david while he was in a cab with andy andy jewett and paper cut and dave wachter and chip and i recorded it and during the conversation i could not hear anything of what was going on on the other end people were talking to me i just heard little bursts of static and a word here and there and i was talking to andy jewett and I got nothing. So I was just like, you know, when you don't want someone to know that you can't really hear what they're saying, you know, you give it the old, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. he's and, he, and he's talking to me, and I'm just like, this guy's going to think I'm a dickhead. So That's like your whole show, it is. Oh, you know, we. <laughs> but at least it's creative. Um, yeah. So uh, Andy, you got to forgive me. I couldn't hear what was going on. And Chip, too. I got some of Chip's. Chip was telling me what he bought. You know, I heard, well, I didn't buy a whole lot of Marvel, and then it just washed into this sea, sea of static. But I heard some of Chip's. Andy's, I didn't hear anything. So forgive me. Hey, hey, guys, before we get into it, we have another person about to join us who was at the show, Mr. Mike Sims. All righty. Also known as the Slick KY Comic Guy. What's up, guys? How was your convention experience? Oh, it was great. It was excellent. You guys made it home okay? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got everything back in one piece. <laughs> nice. 
I saw your picture on David's Moblog. You look exactly like I pictured you. <laughs> you just look like a happy guy. Wow, thank you. Uh, that, and and uh, Enemy is so cute. They are so cute together. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of, we'll just jump right into it. Has she started her book yet? No, not yet. She's had okay. to work the All right. She got back to work and started her book. What what's that all about? Oh, well, we were at the uh, well, we were at the Hero booth Saturday night. Dan and I were uh, were working the booth then and Mike and Amy came over and asked our opinions on um on books that uh that she might enjoy. She's not really into comics, so we uh we batted a few ideas out there and uh, and Mike did buy her a book. And uh, and I can't wait to get her thoughts on it. I hope it wasn't that Grendel crap. Wasn't Grendel? <laughs> You're close though. Mage. Yeah. Yep. yep. The the first one? I think it's. I hope so. Two. Yeah, I couldn't find the first one. Got part two and part four. I think it was. Oh, so what? you got the individual trades, not the big thick yeah. book. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what sort of commission did you get on that, David? <laughs> I I can't talk about that. Now. I got to be off the air. Yeah. He got, he got a magic baseball bat. <laughs> he gets to spend thirty seconds with uh, Matt Wagner. Oh, presence. I I did that. And we I, were like a goddamn I, woman. I did. I swear to God. I fan. I oh god, that was like the worst minute and a half of my con experience. I just I could. I had two opportun two missed opportunities to um to introduce myself to to Mr. Matt Wagner. The first time he and Mark Sparaccio who Vince and I met back in February, back in the, in the New York con, they were talking to each other. I thought I was being slick, and I was standing behind Matt because I thought he was going to be walking towards Artist Alley. Dan was standing behind Mark, and Dan was trying to pretty much motion to me over to him because I thought, like I said, he was going to Artist Alley. Turns out he was going to the Vertigo panel, so I'm watching Matt Wagner walk away. That was the first time on Friday. The second time on Friday, me, Chris, and Dan are waiting for the elevator so we could take Chris's stuff to the to their hotel. And the elevator door is open, the car is full, and the person right by the door is Matt Wagner. And I look at Chris and Dan, and I'm so about to ditch them and hop in the elevator and just belly-to-belly -belly be right there with Matt Wagner, but the door closed, <laughs> and, and, uh, and I missed them again. So I finally got to uh, got to talk to him on Saturday. I got my I got a uh, a really cool Hunter Rose Grendel sketch inside my uh, my Grendel archive, and he sketched a um, a Kevin Matchstick in my sketchbook. And like all all fanboys want to know and and the way and every every time he's he's interviewed. You know, the one question comes up, and I couldn't think of anything else to ask. So naturally, like the dickhead I am, I asked him, "Where's Mage Three? When's it coming?" And, Where, where's Joe Fat? Uh, <laughs> no, the hell with Joe Fat. Where's Sean? Where's Murph? I and you know, he said the 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 typical soon one day. You know, it'll come. But I just uh, I shook his hand, thanked him for the many many good times reading his work, and uh, and just shuffled off. But uh, Hopefully, was... Image will publish it when it does come out. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, that other company we like to talk about. That's right. Well, I was I... glad. I'm, I'm glad that you decided to just use the time-tested uh, method of simply going up to the person and talking to them instead of lying in ambush. <laughs> 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 I, 
Turn around. Hello. Oh, the corner, yeah. <laughs> Just waiting to get a go. It's like, why? Did... Downwind for Matt Wagner. He's going to sense my fear. Why is David dressed like a bush? <laughs> <laughs> hey, did, did Matt Wagner have his wife with him? No, I did not see her. Oh, she is and hot. I was so pissed hanging out with, with Andy Parks on Thursday. He mentioned that um, he and Phil, and I believe another person or two, were having dinner with Matt Wagner on Friday, which is where, obviously, you know, that's where he, he was in the elevator so we could leave the hotel and meet Phil and Andy for dinner. And um, all the rest of Thursday and all during Friday, I kept trying to figure out ways to get Phil or, and or Andy out of the picture so I could kind of take their place during dinner. <laughs> that's deranged. There's, that's almost like premeditated. I, I wanted, I, I, uh, I kept missing Phil. Phil Hester, I wanted to introduce myself so he could finally put a... A, a name, a face to the to the voice for our our lost and never to be released interview. Um, yes, I did not get to. Uh, I, I missed him completely, but I did. Like I said I got to hang out with with Andy for a little bit on Thursday, who was a uh, who was a fantastic guy. Offered me a a great price on a Green Arrow page from uh, from during the I think the first couple of years of the uh, of that run. Well, speaking Which, of, of DC, do you know that Phil and Andy are going back to DC? Well, they're that, doing a three-issue Superman Confidential. Yep. Okay. Which means I'll be getting Superman Confidential for three issues. What the hell else happened Thursday? Uh, well, well, Thursday. The, while we're on the subject, just pull it back a little. While we're on the subject of Ant-Man, did you hear that Marvel's may restart the series with another writer? Who the hell was talking about Ant-Man? Well, you're talking about Phil and Andy. Yeah, I was talking about Green Arrow. I was talking yeah, about but Good that's uh, I'm ta- hey, but uh, so how about the, isn't that a kick in the balls to Kirkman? You know what? We're going to cancel that is this. Kind of a kick in the balls. <laughs> well, wait, it is. is. It, but if it, is it a kick in the balls because we know it's Eric O'Grady? We haven't read the twelfth issue. We don't know if the man's still alive. Whether or not the new series features Eric O'Grady or not, what they're saying to Robert Kirkman is, dude, it didn't work. Yeah, it, what, I don't know it, if that's it, what they're saying. I mean, well, I'm not getting that. I mean, I'm sorry. I don't. That's like so. What? So, so John Byrne's been kicking the balls every time a new Fantastic Four writers come on. They didn't I'm start. Just, they, didn't they didn't start say, the book. They didn't say we're canceling the book. <laughs> yeah. That's like, that's like you're hanging out with all your friends and they're all like, oh yeah, we're all gonna go home. Yeah. And then <laughs> as you're walking home, you see all of them in a different bar, like hanging out. Sounds like this has happened to Tom. Or the, band, not, break, or the band breaks up, and then you see them back together. With a new keyboard player. But yeah. no, I just no. think it it's kind of like dirty carpool in, in a little uh, way. Because the man invested X amount of time and creative effort into this book, and then all of a sudden, it's going to be one of those that never happened type deal. Or let's just forget about that, and we're just going to start the book over again. It's not... Eric O'Grady, it's someone else in the role, or you know, it's just, zombie Stephen Lang. I don't, I, what, I don't yeah. know if okay. I I get what you and Tom are saying. I have you know that, and that's that's cool that you would think that. I mean that that that, that you feel for the man that way. Um, I don't know if that's the case. Then if if uh, if Blade makes an appearance in you know in in another title. With with anybody, I mean, you know, starting a new Blade series the month after he's gone. (laughs) This is this is a month later. We know that that a new Ant Man is coming out in November. But it'll be it'll be hot on the heels of the canceled book. Whether whether it's a month or two, there 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 were talks of of a new Ant Man series. 
But I mean, be that as it may, I just I think it's a little bit too soon. If 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 the book did not sell well enough for Marvel, one would think that the people who are aware that there was an Ant Man book in two thousand and seven will not buy another Ant Man book in two thousand and eight because of the the uh, the bad taste in their mouths if they didn't like it. You know what I mean? It's too soon. Give it a six months or a year. We don't need an Ant Man book right now. God damn it, I do, right? I, I wish I had one right in front of me now. You can have ah. mine, though. I would ah. have now. <laughs> like Eric O'Grady was watching you shower. You t- you, you've taken him so personally. I'd let him watch me shower. <laughs> yeah, I would, too. I'd, I'd, I'd work it. I would work it a little bit, too. I'd be like, I don't really see you, but I'm going to just touch myself. I have no like problem that. with a tiny man watching you shower. I, I think you're sexually repressed, Dave. Do you? <laughs> challenging a tiny little man watching people shower is challenging. I think tiny. Yeah, that's the um, <laughs> that is the least of 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 my of, of the start of my dislike for the man. Yeah, yeah, that's not. Yeah, of the man, of the character, of this little comic character. Did <sighs> en- did any of you three go to any a uh, panel? I went to a DC panel. Oh, I'm stunned. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah. Sorry. Well, Mike, I can't Mike, understand what Mike Miller Miller says anyway, so I couldn't go to that. <laughs> Mike Mike was our uh, was our roving floor reporter. I didn't I didn't get a chance to. I wanted to um, the I think I think it was the Cup of Joe panel was running at the same time I was scheduled to volunteer at the Hero Initiative booth. Yeah. And I I am curious to know what is um, what is Matt Wagner doing for Vertigo? Is that a quiz? Well, I'm just asking because that's oh, I don't uh, know. He, he, Pencils see, up and <laughs> begin. Mage uh, three. <laughs> yeah, Vertigo, because he wants no piece of his pie. Yeah, um, giving it away. Madam Xanadu. Yes, I think you're right. I just googled it. I know I'm right. That's yeah. going to be cool. Is he writing that and drawing, be, or just writing? I doubt he's drawing. I th- he's just doing a lot of writing recently. He is writing with art by Amy Hadley. Don't know who that is. Nor do I. You'll find out shortly. There is a Vertigo book that I'm really looking forward to, and that's the Unmen. That the does look cool. Yeah, you. Oh, I see. I didn't get it because my box didn't come yet. Swamp Thing, Anton Arcane's creations. Oh, yeah. I, I hope they can do it proud. Because if there's one book from the '70s that I just love to death, and that's Ween and Wrights and Swamp Thing. Well, I, I enjoyed it, but I wouldn't hold out hope that you're going to get a real direct link, right, to those characters. I Which is was, okay. Yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty good. I saw a lot of reviews that didn't like it. And I didn't get it. It had freaks in it. I don't understand what people want out of comic books. They well, want freaks that punch each other. I think is what people want. While we're on the Vertigo subject, they canceled Testament, which is a shame. Sure. Any, anybody read it? No. Oh I well. It's probably like I can't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Douglas Rushkoff is the writer. I think it's a great book, but unfortunately, a lot of people don't feel the same way I do. So, it's gone. Hopefully, maybe they'll fill that void with something else. Yeah, they always do. So, Mike, wh- what panels did you see? Uh, I saw the Mark Millar, the Civil War Remembrance, um, the uh, X-Men panel, and the Cup of Joe. Wow. Did the Civil War one start on time? hey <laughs> Yeah, that was, uh, that was the joke at How the How long have you been sitting on that one? <laughs> yeah, that was the joke at the beginning. Uh, was it a... I think it was Jim McCann... He's like, unlike Civil War, this one will start on time or be on time. So it, 
Yeah, that was the starting joke of it. Self-deprecating humor. It's always funny. <laughs> always yeah. funny. Always good. It's my bread and yep. butter. Was uh oh actually oh that's right yeah he did mention Mike did mention the X Men panel because uh, I got a kick out of out of hearing Mike and Amy talk about it afterwards because Amy just thought Scotty was hysterical. Oh yeah yeah she'd love to see him. <laughs> Scotty Young. Yeah yep. he is funny. He's he is funny. He, I, I, like all the time. I find him funnier than that other guy on that show. What's that that show that Scotty Young is on? Oh you mean Chris uh, About. <laughs> The other guy. The other guy. What does it make with the other two people? The, the good-looking guy. What's his name? Oh, that's me. <laughs> no, you, when you two go at it, you guys are hysterical. What's funny is that Wizard, the Wizard website got it wrong. It said that it was Scott uh, Collins and not Scotty Young. Oh, really? Yeah, the people that were putting on the fucking convention couldn't get the names right of the people on the... I think Wizard needs an enema. Uh, they need something. Those guard, the fucking security needs an enema. So I gotta say, make everyone line up in the fucking heat on Sunday. Yeah, that's not. Can't stand in the lobby like everyone's trying to bum rush their way in for that 10 a.m. panel on you know, Wildstorm. <laughs> he, he, he he said derisively. Yeah. So, See, this is the stuff I wanted to hear: the poop, the dirt. Yeah. So they. We, well, on Sunday, you know, we get it starts at 10 a.m., which I don't I don't understand why they keep doing. I, and people aren't going to church and then going to the convention like right afterwards. I mean, everyone was ready to go at 9 a.m., so people are standing there waiting, and these security guards are like, "You all have to line up outside. You all have to line up outside." And I said, "Don't you realize who I am?" And they just said, "You you have to line up outside." Now, and it's hot out. You know? He said, so you do know who I am. Yeah, and it's incredibly hot, and I'm like, this is just stupid. They, and they were rude. And then you remembered you had a press bass on. And that didn't help either. Really? Yeah. Back at the line, funny man. Still had to wait. I waited with the VIP people, which if you've seen what the true advantage that the VIP people get, you know, when they say you get to come in early to preview night on Thursday, I swear to God that they got in about... Uh, Forty-five seconds earlier than everybody else, but I'll stop. I'll stop ripping on the organization of it because they gave us a free table. That's true. Drew, Drew, who was our contact for for the press, was uh, was a Very great nice. guy. Yeah, yeah, this was. Uh, Very nice. I think he said this. This was his first year with Wizard, and out of the four traveling shows that that, that Wizard has for Wizard World, the, the Chicago is is by far the biggest one, yeah. and. Um, you know he's he's been enjoying himself for each one and and uh, and so Drew I thank you for the passes and I hope to uh, hope to see him next year. Just need to get the security people to be a little bit more. Uh... <laughs> well, they're almost they, they they were better than the quote unquote security, aka the Rosemont off-duty police that were wandering around the uh, the Hyatt lobby. Oh so... yeah, that's bullshit. You had this one old man who was just walking in a straight line, like through people. So this way, people would like part like the Red Sea, and then he would stop every so often and like almost wait for someone to bump into him. So like as if they started something. Eunuch. It's, it was just this one dude. He was all like stiff shouldered and just walking straight. And I'm like, damn dude, you really got to get that stick out your butt. <laughs> yeah. Buford Pusser. I do have to say, I I, I liked what they did with the bar in the Hyatt though 
A lot of people. It is a nice looking bar. It's expensive as a motherfucker. It was. It's only a little bit more expensive than Knuckles, and you could get a drink way faster at that bar, and you didn't have to be jammed into um, like a fucking pine box. It's it's yeah it's it's, it's a much people. more contemporary style bar yeah. than the knuckles reminded me of like those old old bars you'd see on the side of the road with the uh, with the bikes all outside in the parking lot and, yeah you know, a lot more wood inside this is a lot more um, you know, molded wood and and, yeah. and fancy freaky looking of, chairs and it was opened into the lobby. So it yeah. just kind of spilled out in the lobby, which was cool because if you saw somebody like from a, a distance away, it didn't take you five hours to wor- work your way through the crowd so you could go tell them that you loved their books. <laughs> the best was, <laughs> the, the, the best though is when Sal thought he saw Jim Starlin. Oh yeah, it wasn't Jim Starlin. <laughs> it wasn't. He's like yeah, he he, he was talking to someone. Who was the guy? Did he say was it someone we from New Zealand? Uh, or guy, uh, Bruce from the Pulse. Okay, that's it from Comic Con. Oh, talking to, and there's a guy um, sitting next to him that kind. Basically, I mean, anybody with a bald head and yeah. a goatee this weekend looked like Jim Starlin. So Sal went up to him and uh, was like, "Oh, I love your work." And as he was saying it, he realized it wasn't Jim Starlin, but he'd already committed. That I love your work. The guy, the guy could have been a bowling ball shiner, Paul yeah. Polisher. It was just like I love your work. Shouldn't okay. be any bald guys with mustaches at Comic Cons unless you're Jim Starlin. Skinny, bald skinny. guys. Skinny, yeah. Bo- yeah, you can have as many fat bald guys as you want. Skinny bald guys. He kind of looked like Jim Starlin from a. I can kinda. see why Sal made that mistake. Yes, well, Sal probably also had a couple in the bag. Exactly. <laughs> Do we well, have any more tales from the bar? Well, not Thursday night for me, because Thursday night I turned in early. Which and thankfully nobody came into the room and drew a dick on my face or had me with anything. <laughs> That's because I, was, I wasn't there. I, this is true. This is. <laughs> yeah. I um. I think I said goodnight to everybody about uh, hell. It had to be. I don't know. It may have been before eleven, and um, apparently Chris, Dan, and Dave made a shitload of noise, and I didn't <laughs> budge. And and I, 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 I was on one side of the bed in case anybody wanted to use it, wanted to use the rest of the space. I fell asleep on one side, but when I, they said I was, I was sprawled out. So either Dan or Dave were, I, Dan told me it was Dave thought about it, but Dave said Dan thought about curling up behind me, putting my arm around that they were going to go in backwards and end up with my arm around their shoulder and, and this way they'd be able to go to sleep. But thankfully I, that didn't happen. I lost you after Dick on the face. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's funnier with a dick on it. Well, on, uh, on Friday I, uh, I talked to uh, Will Pfeiffer, the uh, you know DC writer, for about an hour. Yeah, you know that guy. About how totally awesome All Star Superman was, <laughs> we just got, and that's what we talked about for a really long time. And he listened to the show, so that was nice. To yeah. Talk to somebody well, he was a nice a good guy. Book. No, and he was, and, uh, he was oh, really nice. He was really nice, and uh, he was very interesting to talk to. Mr. John Suntress introduced us. Yeah, he was. He was, and even Sean McKeever. And Sean McKeever, he was talking to. I think he was talking to. Mike at first, naturally. I forgot who else I was standing next to. Introduced myself to him, even though I met him briefly back in New York. And um, 
and basically in order to like kind of tie me into who I know and he knows I basically I, I said yeah I shared the room with Pat and Dave and I'm the one who noticed the condom oh condom boy so condom guy uh. yeah <laughs> copyright that's one of them oh no there goes the fire truck um, cool. cool making more bacon dump oh I didn't have to knock in my own door uh, <laughs> I uh yeah uh Friday, I talked to Wolf Pfeiffer for a long time, and I talked to Matt Anderson, who writes White Picket Fences. He's been on a show. We're talking about Alan Moore. It was fun. I had a great time. Because everyone likes talking about comics. It's not like a, a normal social situation where once you get drunk, you start talking about comic books, and everyone starts ignoring you. Right. Everyone gets drunk and starts talking about comic books. Uh, I, I'm going to have to name drop just like Tom. On Friday, I got to work with uh, Stevie D and Eric from Comic Book Queers at the Hero right. booth. And woke up with a dick on your face. Thankfully, not that day either. <laughs> uh, I believe they're both taken anyway. So well, hey, we're, you we, can... we're all in relationships. Field's uh, open. <laughs> yeah, what goes on in Chicago. Um, but uh, And they are, both, they are both great guys. They're funny as hell, too. They good looking? Yes. There yeah, you go. Yeah. Cool. The well, I got to uh, I got to go uh, quarter bin diving with Tom on Friday. Awesome! That's one of my favorite parts of a show. Yeah, I don't there's think I. Good, there's some good I, stuff. I didn't spend. I didn't buy anything at cover price, and I think I might have spent. I think I spent less than fifty bucks on the floor. I mean, cool. I I got I got uh, I got about a half a dozen Frank Miller Daredevils for fifty cents a piece. Um, that hack. Got uh, I picked the I re- I'm replacing my Blue Devil Summer Fun Annual. Um, I picked up a couple of uh, Detroit era Justice League of America issues with the introduction of uh, characters like Vibe and Gypsy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it does look like Tom. It does look like there were only four parts. So it looks like I have all four. The, the covers are are connected. Oh, look at Vince go. Well, the f- yes, the first two and the second two are. I, I like JLA. I love the Chuck Patton artwork. I, I is I, there, there are some good uh, like fifty cent and quarter boxes actually this year, and not as much slab stuff. Thank you know, God. Yeah. So you did have your people that were selling. You know they had issues of current comics out with like ten dollars hot written yeah. on it. So like <laughs> if you're stupid, you'd be like, "This is a hot comic," even though if you went to like an LCS, you'd probably find it very cover price. Well, my favorite was uh, finding, and DCBS was there with their dollar books, so you'd go yep. to one table and he's got like um, World War Hulk or uh, or something, or one of the X-Men titles that have the Endangered Species back up, or even like the Justice miniseries, you know, selling it for cover price for like three fifty or 4 bucks, and DCBS had it for a buck. Awesome. Okay. I, you know, was Cameron there? Yes, he was. I always wanted to meet him. I believe he was in the. Uh, he may have been in. Well, they had two. They had the the same type of booth, although in the front row. They had the same type of booth where we went shopping last year, where I found Desolation Jones, and then they also had what it was. It was labeled Discount Comic Book Services, but it was like basically their in stock trades glass booth. Right. So I believe that's where Cameron was hanging out mostly. Yeah. I'd I'd set him up at the bar just for enduring my shitty emails every month with I forgot this I forgot that you know oh yeah yep uh, I am a dick <laughs> I picked up number uh, oh for a quarter a piece numbers two three and five of Strike Force Moratori 
Man. Can't go wrong with that. And the three-issue miniseries Vision and Scarlet Witch from the 80s. You picked up Rick, Rick Box Office Poison. Yes, I did. I picked up Box Office Poison and Caveman Robot. I believe it's number two. And Box Office Poison. Actually, Dan found another copy for me. Dan, Dan picked it up for himself. We found another copy at one of the half-off trade bins. And, um, and I... I had it packed in my suitcase initially because I'm like, I don't want to bring this. This fucking book looks like it weighs like five pounds. There's no way in hell I wanted to put it in my backpack for the plane ride. So I shove it in the suitcase. I go to check my bag in. The dude at United says, yeah, your bag's like seven pounds over. It's going to cost $50. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I don't have $50, so uh, let me empty out some of the stuff for my bag. I took out box office poison and the invincible trades that Mr. Thomas Stephen Caters gave me. And I stuff them in my backpack and I say goodbye to my suitcase and make my way through the airport and everything and go to board the plane. I sit down and I start to flip through Invincible and I'm like, you know, it's a little the seat was a little tight so I wanted to read something that was a little bit that the book itself, while thicker is a little smaller than than, than a typical comic book so I, it was more easier for me to read this. I started reading it and it's been the only thing I've been reading since I've been back. I started it on it's it's God, I don't know how many pages is this thing? It's like it's almost six hundred page yeah. it's over six hundred pages. I'm um yeah, I'm I'm at page five forty. I'll be done I I don't plan on going to bed before I finish this tonight, so it it'll be it should hopefully be done tonight. Otherwise I'm taking it to work with me tomorrow. But this has been a, a great fucking read. I love this book. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna recommend it to everybody. Great book. It really is. And um I have to interrupt you for a second. Because I have to get going. Oh. Well, thanks for being with us, Tom. Oh, well, I had a great time. And uh, I, I'm going to save my most secret stories for my, my book. <laughs> called, <laughs> I'm, I'm Tom Caters, and you're not. There you go. <laughs> coming out in, true, uh, true Tales from the Convention Floor. So, yeah, uh, coming out in April of 2010. It's going to be drawn by a 14 uh, year old uh, foreign boy. No, <laughs> of course. I'll see you leaving before you're you're leaving before I can uh, I can tell the the capper to my weekend. Well, actually, I called you and told you about it because yes. I just couldn't contain myself. So he punched Paul Levitz in the face. <laughs> I heard it was in the nuts. In the nuts. <sighs> Hurting balls, lad. Oh damn! <laughs> and condom boy. Condom boy. All right. <sighs> well, I'll talk to you guys later. Thanks. Have a good night, sir. Thanks, Tom. Good Take night. care, man. Bye. And then there were three. Dun, dun, dun. So, Mike, what was the highlight of the show for you? Got to meet Joe Q for a second. Oh, neat. Yeah, super nice guy. Um, <laughs> Has he slimmed down as much as... Uh, yes. Really? Yeah, yes. yeah he was kind of like... I passed him by out on the floor at one point. I had to do like a double take. I was like, is that Joe Q? And I remember hearing somebody say he's lost a lot of weight. And then uh, when I got to the uh, Civil War panel, he came up. I was like, damn. <laughs> he's slimmed yeah, down a bunch. Yeah. Let's see, David Finch. David Finch was along the back. Remember where Angel Medina was last year? Mm-hmm. David Finch was there this year. And uh, Andy and Phil were basically where um, like Jim Starlin and Peter David were last year. But they were all on that first row. And David Finch is another skinny dude, um, the bastard. Uh, Michael Turner was there. You know, I just I saw 
so many faces and I saw Jim Valentino I did not bring my complete normal man with me nor did I have um, oh so I went and when I was slipping through the quarter books there was uh, Valentino number one by Renegade Press but he was already gone back when I went back to the table to see if he could sign it um, and speaking of L. Dave which is why I interrupted to begin with L. Dave was standing next to Dan and I guess Joe Q was going from one of the panels to either the hero booth to take on Paul Jenkins and Poole, or he was going towards the Marvel booth. But L. Dave shook his hand, and nice to meet you, okay? Joe Q keeps walking. Dan and Dave are watching Joe Q. As he's walking away, look at his hand and wipe it on his pants. Oh. <laughs> so Dave is like, Dave is just sitting there like, I didn't give him a stink palm or anything. It's just it, just the way, like the whole motion and everything. I missed it, but I would have loved to have seen that that action and then Dave's face afterwards. Poor guy. <laughs> so, what was the ratio of comics to other media? Was it predominantly comics, or was there more extraneous stuff this year than last year? I don't know if there was more extraneous stuff this year compared to last. There were a lot of comics. Once you got into the convention floor, heading towards Artist Alley, there were a lot more comics. I mean, of course, you had your toys, but I mean, Mattel had this huge-ass booth, and apparently this is the same booth that they had in San Diego. When you walk in, DC is to your right, so they had they had it set up like they do, like they've had it in the past, where on all four sides of their booth they have a table set up for people to sign and in the middle or off to the side they'll have uh, display cases and cabinets of, of their DC Direct merchandise and, and, and things like that Sony had a display had a, had a, a big dis- had a big booth because uh, you could whatever the hell their that game is not Guitar Hero but the other one where you can where you sing the notes that no. game was uh, yeah, I, I have no, no idea. idea yeah so I mean that that game was on display for people to go and, and try to sing into you had a big ass <laughs> tent for Bioshock the the new game from uh, for Windows and the Xbox ah. and it was like it wasn't an enclosed tent it, it was shaped like it was, Dan called it the biodome because it was it was shaped like a dome you had two entrances or an entrance and an exit and they had an air conditioner but unfortunately, from what I was told, the tent still stunk like ass. <laughs> and what sucked was that the rear of the little portable air conditioning unit was facing the hero booth. So depending on where you stood, you got hit with the heat from the exhaust end of that AC unit. Ooh. Uh, but it was still more comfortable outside of the dome than it was inside, just because it was such a little area. Um you had the guys there selling their swords and 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 you know, t-shirts and things like Amy, that. And Amy got sucked into some jewelry booth they had there. I was really surprised at how much non-comic stuff they did have. Oh yeah, a lot of toys. <sighs> yeah, 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 a lot of toys. Um, Damn. So a lot of yeah, but you know the prices. You know, it's not like it's. I didn't see much that you couldn't get elsewhere. I'm just trying to think. Yeah, I mean, there was... You had your toys. You had Mark's. Mark's booth was phenomenal. You know, everything 50 cents or uh, or half off on their sets. I picked up at the... I looked for a couple things at Mark's booth. I didn't... Like I said, I didn't... I barely did any shopping. 
I picked up a handful of single issues, either three for a dollar or uh, or a couple for fifty cents. And then on Sunday, I think I spent like three bucks. And um, because there were there was a guy who had them marked for fifty cents Friday and Saturday. Saturday night, as Dan and I were leaving the floor, he was marking the boxes down twenty five cents or five for a buck. So I bought the first five issues of uh, Peter David's X Factor run with Larry Stroman on the art. I picked up a, a couple of, uh, I think, Levitz and, uh, or um, Michigan and, uh, and Giffen Legion of Superheroes issues from like, like 309 or 311. I picked up the Kree Scroll War uh, trade paperback. And yeah, and, and the box office po- actually box office poison and uh, caveman robot was supposed to come out to seventeen bucks with them being both half off. I got them both for ten. Wow. So I don't you know I and I I wanted to you know basically every time I saw something that I was like oh I mean not that I didn't see anything that I couldn't live without but any time I saw something and I was like okay I think I can do this I'd call Renee it'd be put in perspective. And then I said, okay, well, thanks, maybe next year. So I just, I wanted to get some things that I could read, and I did that, and I think I think I did. I mean, uh, this is pretty much proof that you could, you can leave a convention spending like 25 bucks and walking out with like a bunch of stuff to read. Oh, yeah. You just, you just don't go to the first guy you see. If you see somebody selling something, I mean, I did, I did make one mistake, um, the same, uh, yeah, one of the guys that had the half-off trades, I didn't have any cash on me. It was Friday. It was either Thursday night or it was Friday, but I didn't have any cash on me because we didn't have the ATM yet. And I wanted to get the House of M trade of the of the main mini and the Avengers Forever trade. And when I was doing my looking on Sunday before, I said goodbye to everybody. That same guy, he didn't have him anymore. So, I mean, you know, you can't... But this was two days later. You know, I can't say if I didn't look earlier they might have been there but you know just like like we said before like like, like we say when, when it comes to conventions just you don't have to run in and then do your shopping right away because you're also going to be walking around with all that crap and on uh, the let's see basically I mean you know, I got to hang out with John Suntress for a little bit it's always great hanging out with Dan on Saturday we did um, we finally got to say hi to uh, Cullen Bunn and Brian Hurt of the newly optioned The Damned. What a feeling that must be. Uh, the, and the the trade, have you seen the trade? Mm-hmm. Did you notice it's not quite digest, but it's it's yeah, smaller than... a little the, smaller. Than, right. And it looks, it does look nice. It's packaged nicely. It's got a classy look to it. It does. Uh, but Dave and I, Dave Wachter and I both agree that it's nice to have that. It's nice to have Brian's, Brian's art in a bigger size and, um, and the nicer paper. On the uh, on the single issues than than the trade the trade was that um, standard kind of rough which fit which which fits that book and I wanted to pick up the coffin because uh, Mike Hilton was there and he was selling it and I was hoping I'd be able to shoot over to Phil's booth and and uh, have him sign it while I was talking to him and Andy but uh, like I said I didn't get to buy that book and I didn't see Phil at the convention at all anyway Matt and Sarah Kramer are great naturally you know Mike and Amy are fantastic I it was so cool to me on Saturday night when we all went out to dinner and I'm, and I'm sitting in the corner at our, the table I was at I was sharing it with Pat L. Dave who is a great guy hopefully we'll get to hang out with him more next year and, and he'll get to stay a little bit longer Dave 
and Dan and I'm looking around at all the tables and, and seeing everybody and it was so cool just it brought I mean I was outside earlier and came back inside sat down ch- chatting with everybody and I just smiled seeing Mike and Amy and Matt and Sarah sharing a table and it's like yeah they were at the same convention but to see these two and, and Mike pretty much primarily just you're, you're pretty much only on our forums right Mike? Yeah, yeah. And and Matt posts on ours and at the Around Comics forum and, and, and the other forums and you know, but just seeing the four of them sitting at a table just bullshitting and chatting away and talking about everything, that that was the coolest thing right there. Oh, that was a blast. They were it, so it, nice. They were they super It's the power of the internet. It is, man. <laughs> and 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 the capper to my weekend was getting on the plane making my way through and and United Airlines man they there I don't know if it was O'Hare or it was just this airport or this gate you know I don't understand why why airlines I've been on airlines that'll do both I don't see why you let the people that are closest to the front of the plane board first I can understand first class and those that you know I paid for the priority seating and everything but if you're in like row 5 why are you sitting before the people in row 17 if they have to get past you and your crap, wouldn't it speed things up if you let the people that are going all the way to the back of the plane board first? Makes sense. It, it does, right? Okay, I just I wasn't sure. But in this case, I really can't complain too much because while I'm making my way through first class, and there's only four seats in this, in this plane for first class, I have box office poison and the second invincible trade in my hand. I'm holding my backpack. I have my bottle of water. And I'm waiting for the dude in front of me to put his crap away so he can sit down. And I see this guy playing with his Blackberry. And he looks up. And he kind of turns his head, tilts his head a little bit to see what I have in my hand. And I'm looking at him. And I, I ask him, I said, are, are you Paul Levitz? And he says, yes. And I said, and I go to shake his hand. And he leans forward. And I, I, I shake his hand. And I tell, I tell him, I said, you don't, you don't know me. Because he had that look like as if we've met somewhere he can't quite remember where he saw me but I, I says you don't know me from Adam I says my name is David Price I just want to tell you I says I've been a big fan of your writing for many years I love your leaps and stuff and I asked him since we were landing in a, a local regional airport I asked him you know where he lived he told me I told him where we lived and uh, he says yeah it's nice and, and green and peaceful up there I says yeah sure is he asked me if I went to the con I said yeah the guy in front of me finally gets his acting gear and goes to sit down and the coolest thing was I gave Paul Levitz, the publisher of DC, our business card. Put Spider-Man hands on it. Bit I of, give him my card. A little I, bit of, of uh, David Price irony in that. That's cool. I like, I like you know, as is, um, as is my friend and I, we do a, uh, we do a podcast. And, I, and this is what I told everybody this weekend. I says, we're primarily Marvel, or we initially started talking about Marvel. I says, we're branching out because Vince and I are comic book fans. We love talking about other things. I says, right now, Vince is on this big image kick. A couple weeks ago, he went on this whole rant about Black Summer and how much he enjoyed that. So I says, we are, we're just, we like talking about what we like to read. And uh, so I was telling him how we talk about, I was telling Paul Levitz how we talk about other things. I says, initially our podcast was designed to compliment Sean and Jim who do the Raging Bullets DC podcast. I said, but we're talking about other things, and and we do touch on, you know, everything. So, uh, so yeah. So I just gave him my, my card. He says, "Good luck with it," and and I said, "Have a nice, <laughs> have a safe flight." And uh, and I went and and to the last row and got in my seat. But um, cool. 
that was that, that that was like I was like cool all right you know hi everybody this is Chris Chavez Equinox from the forums and not so much a um, rant or anything like that but just a question to pose out to everybody um, with Amazing Spider-Man going to uh, three times a month um, after the one more day or you know another day or another way to make a buck. Uh, storyline uh, finishes up. A lot of people said they're basically going to be dropping the title because they don't want to sell out the extra money. What an extra four dollars uh, per title uh, per month. Some people who are only getting Amazing Spider-Man are only paying out the four bucks a month. They don't want to spend you know basically twelve bucks a month to keep up with Amazing Spider-Man. Creative teams that are coming onto the book, some really good uh, people out there. Um, you know, some really good combinations, great teams, um, but. I, you know, kind of the same boat. I wasn't picking up Amazing Spider-Man. I was thinking of Sensational Spider-Man previously, uh, mostly when uh, um, Angel Medina uh, was on the book. But um, I'm not going to pick it up, uh, you know, and it's now three times a month format. But a uh, question for everybody, uh, if Marvel were to put together like a monthly anthology uh, collecting the three issues at um, like a reduced price point uh, comparatively, like let's say seven bucks a month, uh, you know, six bucks, six bucks a month, seven bucks a month, probably more, seven is, is more realistic. But if they were to put it out um, at that price point, would you be interested in picking it up? Um, I actually, if that was the case, if they put it out, my two cents, I would pick up the book at, at $7 a month, one time a month, as opposed to picking up three different titles uh, at the higher price. Uh, matter of fact, I, if uh, Marvel did something like that, I wouldn't be too surprised if the uh, compiled uh, title actually had higher sales than um, any of the uh, individual is- other individual issues uh, per month. Uh, anyway, um, I'd like to hear everybody weigh in on it. You know, weigh in on the forums, uh, voicemails. Um, you know, Vince and Dave, uh, give me your two cents on it. Uh, but anyway, that's it. Have a great week, guys, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. But it was it was great, man. We got to see Sean and Jim. It's always great seeing them. Actually, Jamal Eigle did a sketch for Jim of Nightwing beating the crap out of Hawkman, <laughs> which which Sean, of course, did not appreciate at all. And uh, it was it was a great time just to walk around, see everybody, and, and hang out with everybody that I haven't seen in a while. I noticed uh, Jim wasn't with Sean on Sunday. Was that? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what was on. I, I believe I know um, they were meeting up in uh, in one of the panels on Sunday morning. Uh-huh. I've seen that sketch. That was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Who was it that had the uh, little sketchbook out Saturday night? Oh, that? that's right. That was so Chip, was... Chip had this little Moleskine sketchbook. Each page had two boxes on it. He wanted everybody to take a box and draw Batman. And everybody it, it passed around the whole the whole restaurant. Well, the whole restaurant, as far as our group went, and everybody got to draw Batman. Or you know, a headshot of Batman, or just Batman doing something. Tom drew a uh, drew basically a stick figure Batman and Robin, and Robin says, "I love you, Batman," and Batman tells Robin, "I love you too, but I'm not in love with you." <laughs> uh, everybody had a blast, man. That was fun. That oh, was that was fun. fun. Need to get L. Daves and get Chad to ink that. <laughs> And yes, of course, they were talking about. We were talking about that on dinner on Saturday night. The little sketch that L. Dave did of Iron Man that Chad <laughs> inked. And then you remember that? Mm-hmm. That was fantastic. That was a blast. Sounds like a killer weekend, guys. 
I'm 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 finally recovering just in time to get up early and go to work tomorrow. Still trying to find room for everything. <laughs> My office is going to be going over a makeover. Can never have too many comic books. Oh no. You know, if you <laughs> if you have to get rid of some furniture, do what you got to do, but <laughs> keep the comics. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, next year I hope um we will all be in one room next year. That'd be the coolest thing. And that one room will be in the embassy suites because whatever um Segway. <laughs> what whatever uh, and and hopefully sponsored. No. The That'd be cool. As great as um as the Hyatt was to us last year and and as much as we enjoyed ourselves this year, uh, for me, Dan and Dave, we um when we saw the room that Chris Sal and Tom had at the embassy and it was right across the street from the conve- from the main entrance to the convention. So instead of walking through the habit trail while it is air conditioned, it would be quicker to just cross the street. Hmm. So okay. next year and, it's the embassy. And no Jimmy hats on the floor. <laughs> well, unless they were keeping them a night yeah. to remember. They, they they have a woman that goes from room to room just distributing lone condoms on the floor of every room. <laughs> she hates her job. Hates it. <laughs> All right. So, enough about Wizard World. What are you reading, Mike? Uh, right now I'm reading the 52, Volume 2 trade. Who publishes that? I'm not sure. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's right around where I bailed out, Volume 2, Volume 3, around there. I'm really enjoying it. I didn't read any of the single issues. I picked up the... I think that was the first thing I picked up in Chicago was the that volume two and started reading it. I'm I'm really enjoying it. All right. I, I think they could be a little more expedient with the trades though. I mean the series is over. Let's yeah. get them out. Actually, yeah. and and that's something that Mike even talked about. He he um he was asking me about D C trades and I told him I yeah. says, Well they they trade Batman. I says when they're done with the Green Lantern storyline they kinda of put it out in hardcover and then eventually they'll do a trade. They traded Rucka's Wonder Woman run. I don't know how quickly those were coming out, but I know his run's pretty much traded. Superman, they started putting out Camelot Falls by uh, Busiek and Pacheco and Marino. So, but they seem to be putting out the trades of the books that are already selling. Doesn't make sense. And and and, that, and Vertigo also. I mean, they after the fifth or sixth issue a month later, the trade comes out. Wasn't the trade for Army at Love uh, traded last month? Mm-hmm. We'll so, ha- or solicited we- last month. If we no, if we ordered it, it will be in our box this month. Okay, but I, I didn't order because I already have the issues. Five dollars. Um, can't beat it. But their their Vertigo deal is okay, and as long as you're a, as long as you seem to be a title that's already selling really well, they seem to be trading it. I don't know if they're trading Robin. I don't know if they're. No, actually, the Green Arrows were kind of traded pretty well. And and Titans, Outsiders, JSA, JLA, but like their their lower end titles, really not so much. Yeah, that was the thing that shocked me. I was going through, you know, the fifties or the half off men's for the trades, and it's just all Marvel, pretty much. I mean, I've found very very little DC trades. It's kind but, of shocking me. Yeah, their trade program needs a little kick in the behind. It does. Yeah. It really does. It doesn't make sense to publish very popular books in trade quickly when they already sold let's let's pump up the the lower tier books which 
may be of better quality than the ones that are selling well. So, yeah, it doesn't make all that much sense to, to just focus on the, the big sellers. Whereas at Marvel, they'll just trade everything. Right. Which, good or bad, you'll get a trade. And what, what, what kills me is that they'll, um, they'll give us two volumes in hardcover of Justice or of Ion or of, uh, of Trials of Shazam. These are 12-issue miniseries. Why am I reading them in two installments? Because you're paying twice. Well, I understand their rationale. Yeah. yeah. doesn't make sense from a fan standpoint. You're right. Because if I'm going to wait, you know, so I'm going to wait seven months, read the first trade, wait another seven to read the second trade, I might as well read it monthly. Right. Well, if they traded Justice in one hardcover, what would you expect to pay? About thirty four ninety five? Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, and what were the two individual? I think twenty five. Mm, see. Oh no! It, you're yeah, right. No, I, I I understand. It's not right. No. But with a name like Alex Ross on the cover, it's going to sell no matter what. I I didn't get around to reading the second half of Justice. Well, I found I found the seventh issue for a buck, so now I'll finally sit down and read all twelve. Once I'm done with Box Office Poison and uh, finish a couple other things that I want to get to. It's a risky uh, proposition, DC and and monthlies and trades. You gotta you gotta really plan because there's there's no uh, guarantee. If you wait for the trade, you may not get it. So, in uh, what else you read, Mike? I'm going to start on. Uh, I picked up the whole, I think the whole set of uh, Ultimate Fantastic Four there in trade. So I'm really oh. going to dig into that. Excellent, Land, baby. excellent. Even though, yes, Greg Land is on the book, that story is killer. You you can overlook a lot of the art for how how well written that one Mark Millar arc is. Yeah, looking forward to that. I got a lot. <laughs> I got a bunch to go through here. I'm looking at the stack, and <laughs> it's yeah. going to take a while. I feel sorry for Amy having to carry all this stuff. I know if people seen me at the con, she was kind of back around my backpack while I was digging through things. I was like, God, how'd she ever carry this? <laughs> you, you know what? You're a lucky man because I, I, my my wife would never set foot in a, in a comic convention. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I owe my wife big time for this one. People probably thought I was horrible, but she kept grabbing back. Oh, she was a trooper. Go. They had a system. Oh, yeah. That was great. Yeah. Good for you, buddy. So she was done done talking about planning for next year how we'll do it different <laughs> oh she wants to come back i yes, guess so does. yes she look at that yeah there's a woman yeah <laughs> <laughs> i remember I, I took my wife to a convention with me well she wasn't my wife when she when she came with me it was at the uh, pennsylvania hotel in new york and for the entire convention she sat in a corner and slept there you go <laughs> oh damn <laughs> yeah and she said all these these weirdos would come up to her and start up conversations with her and stuff. And I was like, don't talk to those people, you know, <laughs> because she she's very approachable. And, yeah, she fell asleep the whole time. But at least I got to roam around the convention floor. So we both won. Well, there you have it, our Wizard World Chicago wrap-up episode. Things return to normal next episode. We have no idea what we're going to talk about. But you can rest assured that it will be comics. And there's a good chance it'll be Marvel. So thank you, Mike. Thanks again for having me. Thank you, Mike. Slick Mike. I love him. <laughs> Glad you made it home okay. I uh, appreciate it. Give it's my nice best to Amy. Uh, uh, and Thomas David. Caters. 
Thomas. Oh yeah, tell, don't. I almost forgot about Thomas Stephen Caters. So for Vince and David and Mike and Tom, go ahead. Yeah. Say it. You say it all the time. Good you night, say folks. you say good night, folks, and then you say bye bye. I do, right? Isn't that redundant? No. Oh, okay. It's it's, it's it works. Good night, folks. Bye bye. Ladies and gentlemen, the Deliberate Noise Network is proud to present a brand new comic book podcast featuring David A. Price. That's right. I said David A. Price. How cool is that? I realize that you're probably used to hearing David as part of the Bullpen Bulletins podcast, but we hope that you'll like hearing the same high-quality podcasting at the new home. Check out www.comicbooknoise.com slash marvelnoise for more details. Or send email to david at comicbooknoise.com to say hello. Thanks and keep watching the feed for the first episode of the new Marvel Noise. Well, oh, so there you go. Cat's out of the bag. There you have it. Uh, I don't think there's anyone I would rather have picking up the bullpen bulletin's legacy than Derek Coward. I mean, he's just such a natural fit. He is. <laughs> His initial stand for Mar- oh no, wait, they, yeah, that was um, you know as soon as as soon as I I sent him a note letting him kind of know where where the direction we were taking or not not taking. He, he's like, oh, I got to start writing notes. Then we can't. It's like we couldn't have a void of. Um, and not have a Marvel centric show because yeah, well, there are there are I don't want to say a lot of podcasts because there are podcasts that try to cover everything you know but there there are so few that do it very well and it's it's like, it's okay like around that, comics <laughs> well that's one of the ones that do it very well yeah and, right. No, see, but this is but Vince, and tell me if I'm if I'm wrong. We never wanted to do well. At least you know initially I didn't, but we 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 didn't want to we didn't want to compete, especially with you guys. Why would we talk about all the publishers? Maybe talk about some news that happened. Talk about certain creators. You know, why would we try to do what you guys do? You guys already do that, so there'd be no reason for us to even attempt to try to copy that format or formula or just go in that direction. Are you right. So, so you know, we, we not only wanted to compliment Sean and Jim with Raging Bullets and, and have a Marvel show, but we figured since the podcasting arena, the community is getting so crowded with, with other comic book podcasts that, you know, really, if, if instead of being second rate, then at least try something different and see, you know, See who see who pays attention. See who listens. See see what sticks. And I mean, as far as seeing what stuck, I I loved everything that um, that we did with this. I mean, yeah. my my high points would be interviewing Tommy Lee Edwards. Would be oh the first episode, but I mean there are so many things that we did that that I just got a huge kick out of. 
I wouldn't have traded the last year for anything. We had a good time. Boo-hoo. <laughs> yeah, it was all right. <laughs> so, yeah, we had a hell of a year. We had fun. But it's not like you're, you're not going to hear from David again. As you, <laughs> just like I hear Pussy. from David. Like, Vince. Because mm. Vince is never hey, going to call the comment yes. line or anything. Hey, Vince. Yes, my friend. You're a pussy. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's that's maybe, maybe I am. But I'm, uh, I'm I, sorry, da- I'm sorry, David had to come in and whip your ass and say, I, "I'll be listening to David." That's all I know. <sighs> that's it. Yeah, that's the only thing you're listening to. You only listen to David, huh? Not oh, exclusively. No, I listen to Round Comics. I can't function without that. Well, I I know that, but you know, there's some <laughs> other. You know, there's some other good podcasts out there. Yeah, there's a there's a shitload of them, and you know, you know, you gotta listen to a, I don't know, you know, Raging Bullets. Love them. Um, Crankcast. Cast. Um, oh, by the way, the 24 hour podcast coming up. Keep an eye out for it. You know, you gotta listen to a Quiet Panelologist to work. They're British, but they're funny. Okay, <laughs> so, but they're funny. Do they how but, how's their dental work? Do their teeth all mad, nasty? I don't know. I don't think they have teeth, but they have trolleys. Okay, <laughs> and black pudding, <laughs> blood pudding. Um, yeah, yeah. So Vince, what are you gonna do? Are you just gonna like ride off into the sunset? No, 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 no. I'll I'll still be around. Uh, I'll be doing the forum thing wherever David settles. Uh, David, do you know where you're gonna settle? I wouldn't be surprised if there is a forum um, under Derek's uh, under Derek's comic book noise forum. There you go. So I'll be there with watching out for my buddy. Uh, I got a lot of things planned. There's the, <laughs> the, the whole the raps right now. Um, African aid. Yes. Right, yeah. He's gonna he's gonna show people mm-hmm. on the map where uh, where the U.S. and and Africa is. For, mm-hmm. and, and for people that uh, that don't read a map, <laughs> I no, saw that this morning. That idiot, the Misteed USA. Oh yeah, that was funny. She's hot so though. You, 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 you you're going to be the you're going to be the commissioner of my uh, my hockey league. So <laughs> no, I have a. Uh, I'm going to try my hand at uh, vinyl toys. I can't wait. Yes, so we'll Those see how that was. Have been awesome. Oh. Uh, that changed a lot. And Both of them? Yeah. Maybe I'll throw some up on the forum. We'll see. But um, Web address? Yes. Yeah. Crotchless. Web address. I don't know web address. We'll see. Um, Vincebee.com. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Was that available? No, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Come on. Come on. Get it. Trademark nah, it. We'll see. I got a lot of things in the pot, and I'm sure that uh, David will take two seconds to tell you about them in the future, right? <laughs> well, you could probably call the comment line, dude. There you go. That's not going away. Just call the damn comment line. The bullpen bulletin's buzz line, which will probably be called the deliberate... The, the, no, the, no, mar- the not, Marvel, no, not, the Marvel not, noise, not. blah, blah, the what? I, no, I already... I, there'll be a separate number for that. Okay. Because there are too many damn numbers. Because I can't, if I can't call it from a cell phone when I'm driving, I don't want to mess with it. Right. And and there's a really uh, a logical reason why David's show is not going to be called Bullpen Bulletins because David didn't want. You're gonna it. sell that. You're gonna sell that shit, aren't you? No, David didn't want to call it Bullpen Bulletins. I said, David, take. Come on, come on. Take the, the, the name. Come no, on, come I on. I told him. I said, take the. 
take the name, take the theme song. I'll give you all the bumpers. You can do whatever you want. Just take it, do it. And he said, no, I don't want it. What bumpers? The bumpers, the little bumper what bumpers? You heard the bumpers. And, uh, who? and David, what bumpers? I'm going to put you on mute. I could do it. <laughs> and, and David just said, no, I don't want to do it because bullpen bulletins was David and Vince, and he doesn't want to do it under that name if I'm not there with him. I understand that. I still think he's crazy, but he doesn't want it. He doesn't want crazy it. crazy for the past year. <laughs> yeah. What? What? You guys interviewed somebody? Couple people, yeah. Yeah, you oh. probably didn't listen. That Tommy you, Lee Edwards shit—that was fucking awesome. Yeah, he's great. He is. I love he, that episode, dude. Dude, I told Scotty that you guys talked to Tommy Lee Edwards, and he was just like, "Oh shit, damn, I got to download that stuff." Yeah, yeah, it was good. and that was another thing that, that I mean, it, it's it's a little bittersweet because how did like, how did how did you get that? By the way, I sent him an Vince email. Is the man. I just sent him an email. That was awesome. Well, yeah. we got the guy's fantastic. So I said, yeah. "Hey, amazing." I said, "Hey, what better person to start off our little interview thing than with Tommy Lee Edwards?" You know, he did Harry Potter stuff. He did Star Wars stuff. Yeah, his Star Wars the stuff is Lucas. the freaking bomb. But you have to admit, his Marvel stuff is too damn good. I mean, yeah, it's, it's bullet good. bullet points is just a revelation. He should be Tommy Lee Edwards should be up there on Marvel's top three artists. Oh, he's good. He's fantastic. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. so let, let's give David a little chance to nail this down for everybody right. who wants to follow him. So, <laughs> David, one more, one more time. Where are you going to oh, be? Do you, it, you, you know the specifics, yes? I know. Well, I know that, well, the first episode of Marvel Noise will depend on when this episode is released. Ooh, so I better get my shit together, huh? Well, I don't, I don't want to press you. I do believe... Um, it's possible that Marvel Noise will be available in the middle of the week. I kind of have a format, more or less, uh, something I've been working on for a little bit. But uh, what the hell? We didn't have a format. How the hell you have a format? Because we'll <laughs> see that, that because I have to have one because I don't have anybody to play off of. So this is all just ah. me, like just talking into a microphone. So if I don't, so I'll tell you, me feeling awkward. Yeah, it's tough. It is. It's I'm hard. like, I'm like, who am I talking to? You I'm know, I, action figures. I like to give Derek Coward, you know, a little bit of run for his money, but what he does is incredibly difficult. Yeah, that that he, that, he that does like fucking like twelve that, podcasts yeah. a week. I know, but the, the how do you do that? When I did the Wizard World thing while David was away, and I had to just sit there and come up with stuff to say, <laughs> it's freaking. I I said to myself, "Fuck it, I'm going to read a story because it's perfect." But anyway, you know, cr- cr- Chris Marshall, my hero. Yes. Oh, he's great. And, yeah, and that's someone with a format because he starts off, bang, does his, does you know the show sponsored by, then he talks about the new releases for the week, and then he goes into his topic, and that's pretty much it. In and out, it's, I don't think his episodes rarely go more than like 40, 45 minutes. And even when they do, it's still jam-packed. But yeah. then, you know, and then it's on to, to, to next week's episode. But you never know if, you're, if what you're saying is is hitting home when you're doing it by yourself. Like if I come out with something incredibly stupid, I immediately know because David will go, oh, you know, or somebody will say something and like, dude, what are you talking about? But when you're sitting there by yourself and you're you're trying to come up with interesting yeah, things, there's no editor, there's no censor. Yeah, it's it's really hard. So you know, more power to you, David. Well, thank you. Yes, I don't know. we'll see. We'll see how it flies. Like I said, I got. Uh, oh, it'll fly. I got some ideas, and and we'll see. Uh, you know, there'll be a. Uh, 
there will be a an, an audio line which is what the hell's the number? <laughs> See, you, you can't say he's not prepared. Uh, no, it's <laughs> the new the 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 Marvel noise number is uh, which actually I still have to set up six four one seven one five thirty nine hundred. The extension is three five one six four. Then hit pound. So that's it. Not that's too many a lot easier. This, this is Daryl. Get Scotty Young off my new X Men, <laughs> <laughs> and I expect a lot of that being a Marvel show and all. Fucking up, uh, my you know what? You know what Scotty Young says? That um, please love me because I like to draw and <laughs> buy new X Men because it's really cool. It is. Um, it is. It's really good. <laughs> you know what? Scotty's doing some stuff right now that is going to blow your fucking mind. Yeah. Yeah. It is that I can't good. wait to see what's next after New X Men. I know he's he's wrapping up on that and that. It's really good. It it's I gonna am. blow your fucking mind. Because you know what, Scotty on our show is kind of a I don't know. Uh, Scotty Scotty is Scotty, but you know what? Scotty is gonna do some stuff that is gonna blow blow fucking minds in the next year because um he is really a smart, smart guy. Yeah, and yeah, and and as you know, Scotty has his thing, which is is his persona, but um, but Scotty is a very smart and talented creator that is going to blow some fucking people away in the next year. So get ready. Yeah, I yep. agree. Yep. And Marvel, if you're listening, keep him because <laughs> you know what. He's fucking good. Why would they, oh, they listen? Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> because he's fucking good, so you better keep hold of him. Well, why are he, Why are we keeping Scotty Young around? Well, because he's fucking good. Because he's <laughs> fucking good. So, that's so, why. so, so is Norton and McKeever, but we all know what happened there. Uh, uh, yeah, you know, but you know what? That's the thing. It, it it's cyclical. It all comes around. You know, yeah. Vince. That's one of your favorite words. I know you love it whenever <laughs> I say that. Um, you know, it comes around. Your fingers and, somewhere too. Yeah, my wife is cyclical. Go ahead. <laughs> hey, yeah, baby. You know, you got to make the the O ring. Um, oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> you, learn, you learn things on this show, folks. Yeah, <laughs> you can't learn them um, anymore, though. So fuck yeah. you. So you know, <laughs> you know, this is uh, this is really. I mean, isn't it a fun time? You know. Yes, it is. The, the, the whole fan, thing, absolutely. He, as a comic fan, because the medium is probably, you know, it may not be as popular as it's ever been, but I think it's as creatively active as it's ever been. Oh, look at look at the roster of talent across the board: Frank Espinoza, Scotty Young, mm-hmm. Ashley Ashley Wood, uh, Rick oh. Rick Remender. Yeah, Rick Rick is a freaking. He is like an act of nature. Okay. You know, idea wise, um, Ben Temple uh, Smith, uh, Christos Gage, yeah, Jason Aaron, Scotty Young, um, Steve Niles. You know, the, I mean, sir, Tony the, Moore. This is, uh, you know, here, here's a pre- here's a preview. We're Scotty we're, Young. we're working, <laughs> Scotty Young. <laughs> we're working on an idea for a show um, to get you know kind of behind the scenes of kind of like the the new breed of writers. Because there is a whole new group of writers out there. You look at, you know, Christos Gates, Jason Aaron, Mark Guggenheim. Um, come on, help me, help me out here, Vince. Sterminators. Uh, um, uh, Simon Oliver. Yep. Um, oh, gosh. Uh, Brian Reed, uh, Miss Marvel. 
Um, Kevin Grieve, who's doing uh, New Warriors, and he's got something coming up in Spider Man. Uh, Zeb Wells. Come on, Brian Wood. Yeah, Brian Wood. I mean, there is, you know, even the. Brian Wood is almost kind of a veteran creator now. You know, like, in like the last year, there's this group of writers that I don't even think they, you know, maybe even know who each other are. But there's like this group of writers in the last year that you're like, holy shit, these guys are fucking good. Yeah. Douglas Rushkoff. Yeah. Which, unfortunately, Testament has been canceled. Has it really? Mm hmm. That sucks. I think 22 is the last issue. Yeah. Um, really freaking blows because that book went over a lot of people's heads. Yeah, uh, American Virgin. That's one book I never read. It's good. It's good. Um, Siegel. Stephen T. Siegel. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Stephen Siegel. Good book. About you scalped. Know, oh God, Jason Aaron is. You know, if if Greg Rucka wasn't out there, <laughs> I'd have such a man crush on Jason Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it goes back to uh, Rucka all the time. Oh, always. But, you know, fucking Jason is, um, first of all, a great guy. Number one. Number one, a great guy. But, God, what an an amazing writer. Have you read um, The Other Side? Yep. Now, you guys do like Marvel comics every once in a while, you know, right? (laughs) We try to. It was the Um, goal. that 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 was the goal, yeah. Did, did, went. did you read um, um, Wolverine number fifty six with Jason Aaron and uh, and Howard Shaken? I started it. I haven't finished yet. I did not. Read uh, it. You know, because you're a Marvel podcast and all. No, didn't read it. No, no. Even though you're, I don't know, a Marvel podcast <laughs> and all. It was getting in the way of his image stuff. Hey. Be- be, because, you know, you wouldn't want to read anything, you know, I don't know, written by Jason Aaron and drawn by Howard Chaykin, right? Was he Sal? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I, you know, no, I didn't pick it up because that's, that's so the, good. I know, it's but so there, good. that's it the, is, that's the gamble there. with Shaken. You, you, you never there's know. No gamble. Yeah, there's, there's no gamble. Oh, oh, yes, buddy, there is. There's a gamble. No, yeah. no. When yeah, was the uh, last thing? When was the last thing that Chicken did for Marvel that was bad? You know, you have a point because Blade wasn't all that bad. And that's and that's Blade was ISIS's DC stuff. Come on, Blade was the shit. Blade was the shit. Yeah, and and Hawk Girl was literally shit. What would give you the shit? um, Hello, DC. Come on. But that's not right. But uh, DC, hello. You know, so what, what do you think he said? I'm going to work at DC this month. I'm going to produce come some on, shit. Come on, yes. he, he, you know, this is a Marvel podcast, right? <laughs> it was. Was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's get out of here. There we go. Oh, oh, come on. I've I've been horrible. You got to give me something. You, you know, you've let me been... let me so let, let me sober up and come back in like ten hours or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'd love you just the way they are. <laughs> All right, so you know, let's put this sucker to bed, David. No, no, we no, have I, no. We have, nobody no, wants to I, listen to a twelve-hour podcast, Vance. I they've can't. Been, they, they also made that clear. Yeah, really. <laughs> I was talking to I was talking to Tom. I was talking to Sal, and I, I was like, I think this is going to be the end. I think this is it. This is the end. And they're like, No, you get on and you keep them on. 
You don't let them stop. We know you can do it. Keep them going. While, so, while we're at it, why don't we just raise money for Jerry's kids? I mean, it's that time. Come on. All right. You know, Bullpen Bulletins is a proud supporter of the Hero Initiative. We are. Hero Initiative yeah. provides financial support to hear. When he's to, drunk, he can do it. <laughs> no, um, Vince, talk to me about Promethea. It's not a, it, I, it's I not can't a because it's not a Marvel book. Talk to me about Swamp Thing. Mm, can't do that. Um, have you ever met Gene Colan? Yes, I have. He's a prince. I love Gene. Steve Ma- Gerber's listening, and he's not feeling really well, so you have to keep going. <laughs> All right, David. Hey, good, <laughs> good, good luck, buddy. You, you're not, you're not going to need it, but good luck anyway, because that's what people say. When, Steve when, needs when, you. When someone goes uh, on their own and, and does a, a little uh, creative thing like you're about to do, good luck. I will be Don't there. Don't leave me. I will be there listening to you. I'll be there uh, downloading every episode. Uh, Sometimes I'll even Vince, download them. I love you. I'll even download them three times, maybe four. No. What the hell? Oh, thank you. Not like this. <laughs> Not like this. Should, should someone have told Miguel? Oh, shit, we forgot about Miguel. Miguel, we're not doing it anymore, buddy. Well, Miguel hasn't been doing his show either. Well, no, he may have. Well, I think, yeah, is he on, like, hiatus for the summer? Oh, is he? (laughs) I'm a a little behind in my my listening. Dude, he is going to be so pissed. Well... You know, well, I, you, I love Miguel. Miguel was a big was a big part of our show too. So we cannot forget about Miguel. Thank you, Miguel. And we can also not forget about all of the people who were on with us, who shared our time with us on this on the show. Shut up for a second. <laughs> Jeff, Thank Je- you, Miguel. Jefferson oh Work, Jefferson Workman, and Chris Chavez, KY Comic Guy. Who else? Scott Cedarland. Derek, Pat Laker, Dave Pat, Yes. Oh, my God. Pat and Dave. Derek Coward. Who else am I forgetting? Big Largeness. Come on. Biggie. Uh-huh. We love Biggie. Uh, we got. We have more here. Long Braxton. Show. We cannot forget uh, about Braxton. You better still oh. be doing some uh, impressions for me. Chad Hunt. Thunderhead Jones. Dan. Our buddy Dan C. Fucking paper cut. Yeah. And Michelle. Mm, I saw Michelle the other night. She's look- yes. What's she doing? She's looking great. She. Uh, we went. I don't care how she's looking. You fucking retarded. How she fucking d- sexist <laughs> bastard. How's she doing? She, yeah. She's, I she's, mean, is she? Is she? Is she? You know, fulfilled in her life? Is she happy? I, I would think I, so. You know, she wasn't very fulfilled coming out of the movie that I went to see because she didn't <laughs> like it either. But uh, we went to see Halloween. Eh, not so great. Um, really? Yeah. No, it wasn't. It wasn't great. Nice try. Not great. Ian Levenstein, Jay Scarzi, good old Jay, Jay Scarzi. You know, you know, you know Scar Scarzi dropped by the shop the other day, and and he was like there and gone. I was like, dude, is that you know? He had um, dark sunglasses and a hat and a mustache on, and I was like, is this like the Unabomber or is it Scarzi? And, and Kevin Moyer and and Rick Gordon and Marty and Rick Gordon, Matt Kramer. Yeah. My, Michael Myers, Miguel, Miguel Montenegro, our buddy Dallin. Uh, who else? Come on. We got old Peter. Peter Rios was on our first episode. Yes, he was. Uh, who else? Come on. Now, Miguel, 
Tony, brothers, Tony, right? Tony Guagliardo. Yes. Doom Mobile bots. Home, good old Tony. Yeah, Doombot. Phil uh, Hester. Phil Hester. Yes, Tommy the Lee Edwards. episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, Phil Hester is writing Darkness. What? For, for Top Cow. Phil Hester's writing The Darkness. Um, is he really? Yeah, let me make sure. I'm pretty sure. Let, let's see, let's see. Okay, here we go. All right. No, wait, wait, wait. The Darkness, written by Phil Hester. Really? Go. Yeah. Yep. And I'll tell you, you did, pick did, you pick did, the worst did, time in the world to drop Witchblade, man. Because oh, hush. I, I am coming but, but, on. But the question is, with Phil, can a middle-aged white man who lives in Iowa, can he really write, you know, an Italian super-powered gang lord? In the Top Cow universe, is that really he, possible? Um, the coffin. Who the coffin. That? You prick. <laughs> no, I, I, you <laughs> know, Friday the Thirteenth. I, I, I think that was all Huddleston, actually. <laughs> that, that's right. what. Yeah, that's what Mike tells me anyway. You know, because Poor Phil he Hester. Would, yeah, you know Hester. Yeah, hack. You know Andy. Andy. You know we were golfing. You know David, you were there, and and that's Andy was you know talking about what a hack that that Phil is. And, you know, how Andy's been carrying him for years. And Brian Salazar and Tom... Fuck him! And Tom Caters. God, I love, I love those guys. And that's why, once again, that's why we had you on tonight, because we wanted the trio to not only send us out, but we, we needed you to be here just for that. Because you're, you were responsible for this whole mess in the first place. You know, you guys really aren't leaving, are you? And, and was, Matt and Summers... then. Matt Summers. Who else are we forgetting? Uh, well, we got some new form guys like Freck Frogorum. Yes. Darren Goodhart. You got uh, Dave spelled you got backwards. Rooney, you got yeah, Evad. You know, yeah. why don't you guys just like put out an episode every like six months? Well, who the hell wants to pay for the Libsyn in the forum for six? Just one episode every six months. That's a. I'll nah, do it. No. Nah, I'll do it. No, nah, I can't do it. I'll do it. I'm serious. You know, yeah, you're you're drunk because only no. a, only a drunk person would make that kind of offer. No one will track do that. Record. I, I will do that. You let me know. You put it on an episode every six months. It'll be worth it. We'll just put it on the Around Comics feed. We're there. Do it seriously. <laughs> Sal will be like, "What? You agreed what? to that? Are no, you... no, I'm serious. I'm just, I'll, dude. I'll call him right now. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I'm serious. Who else are we forgetting there? David. Nobody. Stan fucking Lee. <laughs> Jack Kirby. I am Steve Kirby. God, I, I love fucking Howard the Duck. Blah blah blah. Man thing. Yeah. I'm telling you, I'm not looking forward to the the new Howard the Duck. Ty Templeton's version. No, thank you. Ty Templeton. Yep. Ty Is that Templeton? the guy from like fucking um, Fix This House? What? From like um, oh, that's um, that's Todd Pennington or Ty Pennington. Wait. Ty Pennington, yeah. Yeah. Extreme Makeover. Extreme. He's right in Howard the Duck. No. What the fuck? Ty Templeton from Batman Adventures. What? 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 Howard the Duck fixes your house. What? What? Adrian Adrian James and his girlfriend's boobs. Oh, man. Yeah. Wait. Boobs? What? And. Atomic 99. Miguel Rodriguez. Can't forget Atomic. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, you know, every anybody who's listened to this show knows Miguel was a part of it, and he's he should have been here. We should have told him, but Miguel? we didn't. Yeah, I sent him a PM. Homeboy never answers me. 
Dude, he lives in, in Portugal. He lives in Portuguese. Yes, he does. In Portuguese, which is kind of like Spain, but not really. It's late. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's like 1 o'clock where you are. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So this is it. Thank, okay. Thank you very much for spending the time with us, David and myself. Yes. He's not going away. I am. So no. I, yes. No. No. Yes. No. Yes. Yes. You no. No. Seriously, you're not going away because in October well, we're going to hear... have you on around comics. Yeah. What yeah. For. What for? Because that because I have a show that I came up with today. Oh yeah. What do you and, do? The Marvel horror comics. Um, we're going to do Comics 101, Doctor Strange. And it's going to be you and Dave Windorf are going to be on Around Comics. No, no. I'm, yeah. not, the, I'm not the biggest Doctor Strange. Uh, I, um, you know, dude, I, fo Dick, I followed the character, but, you know. Dicko, yeah. Doctor Strange, come on. Listen to David Price, Marvel Noise. Y y you have to because David's great, and he's going to put his, his heart and his soul into it, and you got to download it. So that's what you should do. All right, David. Yes, Chris. Are you... Are, are you seriously ready to start your own podcast? He is ready. He's done it before. Well, he, I've, what I've, did, Look at the stuff you did for Bruce. Yeah, I sent Bruce a couple of bites. Um, did, there's there's did, comic timing. Yeah. Did you, did you tell Renee about this? About the added responsibility? What added responsibility? About about the the hours away from the family. He's got it. Have to spend. What, you kidding him? He's got it easier now because he doesn't have to wait for my ass to 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 get the show out. Or you know what I mean? Dave, he's got it. He's gold. He's gonna do his own thing. He's gonna be very successful at it. Leave him alone. <laughs> <laughs> Did you tell her that you're gonna have to be talking to industry professionals? You know, like every night of the week that, you know, Jim Shooter was going to have to stay over at the house from time to time. That, um, I don't you think know, I have any doorways tall enough to accommodate him. He no. is the large lad. He you is know, a large lad. You have to buy, you have to buy a larger, you know, a larger couch. It, Joseph I mean, the fourth. Yes. Joseph the Fourth. I, you know, we we should have never started rattling off names. That's my fault because I'm sure we forgot somebody, and I hate would hate like hell to forget somebody, because we we had a fantastic forum. Uh, don't know what's going to happen with that, but we'll we'll see. Everybody who's on our forum, just follow David over to wherever he goes. Wait, who's who's organic matter? That's, That's Miguel. Miguel. Oh fuck him. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, Miguel sucks ass. That that that. There's a user out there with that name. Yeah, dude. It, it, is there is there a cooler comic book fan than Chris Chavez? No, I don't think so. Chris is pretty cool. Yeah, is. It, it, is he just about the coolest person ever? I love Chris because yeah, Chris is another one of those guys. Like it or not, he says whatever he's thinking. I love that. Oh yeah, I love that in people. I really do. Uh, you know. I would think twice before I talked about lubing myself up, but Crisco, Chris thinks it's okay. So yes, yes. <laughs> you know, and, you and know, it works. It works for him. Would not work for me. Rat Neff, yes. You know, and 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 you know, all due, you know, all due respect, we did meet each other through the through the CGS. Yep. And you know, all 
all due respect to those guys. You bet. So they they were the we couldn't have uh, we wouldn't have met which if is it wasn't which, which is another guys. reason why I'm not. With, you know, if when once Derek presented the opportunity to me, I you know knowing I know Derek again through. Well, through Bruce, who mm-hmm. I know through, I mean, kind of, it's like almost all roads. But you know, I know Derek through Bruce and 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 through Peter, and you know, I've I've been you know, friends as much as you can be through forums and podcasts and the internet with him almost as long as uh, as I've been buddies with, with with you two. That's right. Bruce is cool. Mm-hmm. Bruce, Bruce is man. cool. Yep. Yep. No. Rom lives. Oh my God! We forgot Rom. We can't forget about Rom. All right, you gotta stop recording for a second. I'm not gonna do that. Why? What are you gonna do? Serial lantern. No, you gotta stop for you. You gotta stop for a second because I'm fucking drunk out of my fucking mind, (laughs) and it it's like Sunday night before before Labor Day, and I've been sitting around and yeah. You know, Cinch. I'm like, I'm like, really fucking sad about this. You guys cannot fucking stop this podcast. Have to, dude. <laughs> this, this is like, this is like tearing it out of me right now, dude. Ah. Dude, seriously, All right, Chris, Chris, who, who, the, the, when, when we stop doing fucking around comics, this is gonna fucking freak people out. It and, is, and and but like, this is you, apples and oranges, dude. That's right. No, I it, mean, you, you guys stopping doing this podcast is starting to like freak me out. I'm really fucking not dealing with this. Okay, you'll be fine. No, <laughs> no. Well, what are you gonna do? I could just, you know, it's I'm gonna happen. I'm not dealing with this. So, no, <laughs> no, it's not allowed. You're you're not doing this. Okay. I, so this is not so the last like, episode of. Yeah. <laughs> so like, so like, you know, every you know, like four months, you can do an episode. And like I'll facilitate it, and you know, like Vince and David can, you know, talk about shit, right? And that'll we'll, be all good. We'll see where that goes. Yeah, because How about that? we'll we'll uh, see where it goes. I I can't do this. <laughs> so say miss you. so say say thank you very much, Chris, for being with no, us. And no, once yes, no, you're not recording this. I am recording it. I'm, no. Yes. So, no. and thank you everyone for listening. No, I had, I, 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 I need a, my I need, I need my 12 minute intro. Ooh, you got a 15 one a 15 minute intro on this one and I think about a 17 minute outro. So, I really push the buttons because I can. <laughs> I, I like beat poets. <laughs> and you should like beat poets. So, one more time, the last Vince, time for Vince, Vince for Vince B. Vince do you love Lenny Bruce? I love Lenny Bruce. I, I love Lenny Bruce. Well, and you had the opportunity to hear Lenny Bruce, and they didn't want it. So, I, <laughs> damn it! For I Vince know. B, uh, <laughs> come on, come on, David. For Vince B, <laughs> is Chris is Chris going to turn off the lights when he leaves? I hope so. Chris, you turn the lights out for us because we are out of here. Say bye-bye. Good night, folks. I love you. (laughs) We'll see you later, guys. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Always a pleasure. Just seriously. Listen to around comics. (laughs) You dick.
1916, June 23, I have invented a new kind of verse, verses without words or sound poems. The first of these verses I read out tonight. I had constructed a special costume for the occasion. From Zara's Zuri Chronicle, 1918, July 23, Miser Hall, Tristan Sara Soiree, Manifesto, Antithesis, Thesis, Antiphilosophy, 1919, April 9, Kaufleuten Hall, Non Plus Ultra, 1,500 persons filled the hall. From July 1917 on, the magazine Dada appears in Zurich. In January 1920, Zara goes to Paris, where the last numbers of Dada are printed. Teuber Arp, Sophie. Wife of Hans Arp, as a painter, had great influence on the Zurich Dadaism. Paper and cloth pictures, embroidery, Dada heads, marionettes, dancer. Soldier and army at the same time, 1918, marionette figure. Elementary forms, 1917, gouache and embroidery. She loved dancing and for a time she preferred this to her creative work. Sophie Teuber was a teacher in the Zurich School of Arts and Crafts. Her teaching made her essential work and mind possible. I must remind the reader that we lived in Dada times and that the Dadaists had an extremely bad reputation. Thus the head of the School of Arts and Crafts intimated to Sophie she was to give up taking part in the Dadaist manifestations or else, as they say in Switzerland, she would lose her teacher's job. Sarah Tristan co-founded Dada in Zurich 1916, editor of the magazines Cabaret Voltaire and Dada, co-founder of Paris Dada, later on collaborated with the Surrealists. Diarrhea is also a sentiment. War, business, poetic element, infernal propeller economic spirit, Germain Fautisme, national anthem, posters, <laughs> Raymond tossed on stage, savage outbursts, Sana Walter. Editor of the magazine Sirius. Main work, Let's the Lockerung, Hanover 1920. Last heard of in 1922 in the USSR, where he had gone as a convinced communist. Schwitter's Court. Hello, everybody. This is Derek. From 1918 on, developed his one-man Dadaism, which he called Mats. Emigrated to Norway in 1937. His Merz structure in Hanover 1943 destroyed in an air raid. Merz structure number two in Lusaka, Norway, burnt by children at play in 1951. Merz structure number three in Little Langdale near Ambleside, England, didn't get beyond initial stage. Merz picture 1C 1920. He was not against art. As a matter of fact, he created in a new art form with his collage, which was completely different from anything we had seen before. And he explained to Hausmann, uh, uh, for instance, that he nailed his, his paintings and he uh, uh, pasted his collage in order to enrich 
Normal Paintings. Uns. Schon Bevölkerung, Entlastungskriegsschienen. Es ging von an Berliner. Doch etwas finden es am Kopf. Reichsgerichtsprozesse gegen die Staatsangehörigen werden alle Personen, die imstande sind, Beweiskräftiges zu liefern oder darauf hinzuhalten, die durch die Presse bekannt wird, die Liste der Beschuldigungen finden, von Mittwoch den 11. bis wegen erwartenden Eingänge finden wir Abenddatum Kriegsschauplatz. his Merz ideas, Merz typography in conjunction with Lisitsky, Merz architecture, Merz poetry, Merz and Dada friends, Merz painting, Merz structure, Merz theater, Merz advertising, and himself. From about 1922 onwards, Schwitters turned away from Dadaism and inclined to the Dutch disdominant. Zurich at the end of 1916, championed the abstract films together with Egerling.